Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> Bitter feud, the war of words between President Trump and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi hits new lows. And the fake videos of Pelosi, the president, and his allies are circulating this morning. I pray for the president of the United States. I wish that his family or his administration or his staff would have an intervention. Crazy Nancy, I tell you what, I've been watching her and I have, I have been watching her for a long period of time. She's not the same person. Asked whether she's concerned about the president's well-being. I am. And the well-being of the United States of America. Even as a private builder or whatever I was doing at the time, I would get a lot of publicity. I'm an extremely stable genius. Okay. The White House is just crying out for impeachment. That's why he flipped yesterday. The president has a bag of tricks. Do you want to be impeached? I don't think anybody wants to be impeached. They don't feel they can win the election, so they're trying to do the thousand stabs. You are fake news. You suck. Very fake news. Sadiq Khan is just a gay Muslim terrorist. I agree with that. Skag free over here. It's a Can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Do it live. I can all write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right as always. By my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Happy Memorial Day to all who made the ultimate sacrifice in their service to this country. Please keep them in your hearts and minds as you enjoy your freedoms on this holiday weekend. We here at the show, of course, are thankful to them for building a society where we all are free to say what we believe to be true. Just as vital as a social value overall as it has, has been for building the community that is this show. Hope everybody's having a great weekend. Uh, tonight, as with every Sunday night, we will get through all the week's news, including Theresa May is out as UK Prime Minister after she fails yet again to secure a Brexit deal. Who's next and what's next in Britain? We'll find out. Leading us all to question why a woman was in charge in the first place. That's the real question. <laughs> Vindicated. Yeah, totally. Every time this happens, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you heard it in the intro there. Trump elevates himself to the status of extremely stable genius. If you had any doubts about the stability last time, he called himself a very stable genius. Amid an ongoing feud with crazy Nancy Pelosi, what a week of political theater. Nothing got done, but if you enjoy the show as I do, perhaps uh, perhaps it was a fun sight to see. This is all embarrassing. Aren't you a little embarrassed? I Strategically, I think it's a missed opportunity for the president, but I still enjoy the show. So we'll go through that. Uh, Dumb and Dumber gets dumber as Jeff Daniels appears on MSNBC to smugly rip Trump voters the week after Jim Carrey posts an image of the Alabama governor being aborted on Twitter. That's just fine. 
Showy sitting sitting governor's brain being evacuated in advocacy of abortion. Jack Dorsey doesn't care about that. Just don't mention the gay frogs. That'll get you banned. Uh, And speaking of Twitter bans, the uh, Twitter has banned the inexplicably famous Krasenstein brothers over um, what may have been behind their prominence, alleged use of bots to boost engagement among other Twitter no-nos. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, YouTube messes with Lauren Southern's much anticipated documentary borderless. I got to watch it last night, but that was after some, well, either YouTube meddling or very, uh, very unfortunate mistakes yet again, on behalf of social media giants that seem to always cut in one political direction. Mm. Depends on who you believe. Uh, And then also there's an interesting data analysis that just came out from a channel I was previously unaware of, but a listener linked it to me. Basically demonstrates what we've all known to be true for a while, that YouTube's trending section is not in fact uh, a list of organically trending videos at all. It's just YouTube editors' picks of what they think is appropriate viewing. But the data analysis itself is pretty interesting in what it demonstrates. And before we get out of here tonight, Gillette is back with a new ad. Did you get a chance to check it out? Yeah, whatever. I don't know why they are sacrificing the, uh, their, their, you know, the group of people to buy the, their consumers for mm-hmm. a group that we know don't use their products. Why would they do this? I don't know, but they're back with a new ad after that disastrous anti-toxic masculinity ad they debuted in January. Does this one live up to the cringe? You can decide at the end of the show. Maybe I should have used it as a surprise cringe. I don't know. No, I'd already seen it. Oh, you did see it beforehand. All right. Well, we will take super chats, of course, on YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good lowdown money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thanks for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for supporting the show on mattchristiansonmedia.com. Thanks for emailing us. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. Remember, if you'd like some sweet deals from fellow listeners on ammunition and firearms engravings and other cool stuff from Phoenix Ammunition and Sonoran Defense Technologies, check out mattchristiansonmedia.com slash deals linked in the description. Also, I am told by our friends at Phoenix they are giving away a Glock 19X once they hit 5,000 Facebook likes. Nice. They're a couple hundred short at this point. So if you want a chance at winning that Glock, check out facebook.com slash phoenixammo. You can also find that linked on the website mattchristiansonmedia.com slash deals. Find it in the description. Uh, We have a meetup in Copenhagen. Copenhagen, Denmark meetup. That's very cool. A bunch of white supremacists at a a Denmark bar. So that's good to see. Glad you guys had a a fun time there. And then there is a there's a new listener hosted Minecraft server. I've never been into Minecraft. I didn't know people even still played Minecraft, but there is a, now a listener organized Minecraft server and they had their own meetup uh, in the Minecraft world. So you can find uh, actually the information for the Minecraft server in the call-in show discord server. I just made a new channel for that purpose. So hop in there and you can find other Minecraft people. And, uh, and I guess you can do, you can build things under my digital image overlooking you or whatever, <laughs> whatever's going on in the All Minecraft. All the weird hand gestures you've made over the last several Yeah. Years. So glad you guys are uh, able to, uh, to meet up that way as well. 
Uh, remember, if you are interested in meeting fellow show listeners, either in the Minecraft world or the re uh, real world, there is a link, uh, or there are links to do that in the description. There is a link uh, to the spreadsheet that has all the listener information. If you want to find people in your area, and if you want to add your information to that list, you can do that with a form that's also linked in the description. A few hours ago before we went live, I received what is certainly my favorite piece of email recently. And Ever. that is this is amazing. <laughs> it's up there. At first, I thought it was a gag or a, a bit, but it was real. So apparently, Rose McGowan accepts money to give you a shout out. So listener Russ over in the UK opted to do that on behalf of the show to say congratulations on three years running. Here's Rose McGowan giving us a shout out. Hey, Matt and Rebecca, it's Rose McGowan here. I want to congratulate you on your third year anniversary. You quit your jobs to set up a small business. You were brave. You are a terrific team on all counts. And congratulations on all your hard work. Also, Matt, you should listen to Rebecca more. She's always right. <laughs> okay, you guys, congratulations. Well done. Keep going. I don't know what happened with the graphics there. Sorry about that. But... I got it fixed. Uh, that is Rose McGowan giving a shout out to the show and telling me to listen to you more. So, <laughs> so of course, if she knew anything about Blonde, uh, she probably would not advise that. I take this as confirmation that she supports repealing the 19th uh, and catapulting all illegals. Oh, if she only knew. I have said horrible things about her on this show. Horrible. Yeah, I personally have criticized her heavily for various things. Yeah. But and like uh, mean stuff too, like appearance and then being a giant whore and blowing Harvey Weinstein, all of all of that. <laughs> so oh, Rose. Uh, yeah, this is um this is Rose McGowan proving once again that she will do literally anything for money. I think those are pretty cheap. <laughs> it's thirty bucks. Yeah. Oh man. Thirty bucks. Uh I will direct Kevin Flanagan and uh, Smegma Bukaki and other people famous in our chat. Uh, if you would like to see what sort of laughs you could generate from cameo.com slash Rose McGowan. Oh, geez. Perhaps you can see how far you can stretch this deal. 30 bucks for whatever sort of shout out you want. Anyway, moving on. Uh, last week we discussed prior the ongoing excesses or last week, I should say we discussed the ongoing excesses of the democratic party on abortion. And uh, specifically last week, as it relates to the wave of state laws passing to restrict abortion and potential forthcoming challenge to Roe v. Wade at the Supreme court. Well, one thing we didn't discuss discuss is how far beyond Roe they actually want to go, not just preserving the Supreme court precedent, but actually codifying this into federal law. And then uh, which we'll discuss momentarily removing the Hyde Amendment and making it so that there can be federal funding of abortions as a de facto matter. There basically already is, but direct federal funding of abortions right. is what the, what these people are. This after. is a hill they're willing to die on. I want everybody to reflect on that for a moment. Yeah, this seems like a, a yeah, their major cause at this point. So the first portion of this is what they're calling the Women's Health Protection Act. This is a bill proposed in the House with 169 current Democratic co-sponsors. So most Democrats in the House at that point, 
would be co-sponsors of this bill. This bill would remove uh, states' rights to regulate the issue for themselves. As described by Representative Judy Chu of California, I believe, the sponsor in the House. This is what she had to say at a press conference this week. Why we are introducing the Women's Health Protection Act. Our bill finally puts a stop to the state-based attacks that anti-abortion advocates have been trying to use to undermine or even reverse Roe. And it prohibits any non-medical restrictions on our bodies. That means no heartbeat bills, no requirements that clinic doors be a certain width, no waiting periods or unnecessary ultrasounds. It means no abortion bans. Finally, a woman's right to receive abortion services and a provider's right to perform abortion services would be enshrined in federal law. No regulation on behalf of the states, no states' rights to manage this issue how they see fit, even though the Constitution does not mention this issue. Things that aren't explicitly delegated to the federal government shall be reserved to the states. I would imagine even if this were to pass, it would have significant constitutional challenge. But yeah. this, again, it, as you mentioned, this appears to be the apolitical fight they want to fight. Wow. This is, this is their choice. And it, it's not just telling your state that you can't regulate the issue how you see fit. It's also saying we want to repeal the Hyde Amendment. So as I mentioned, federal law prohibits the use of federal funds for abortion as a practical matter. This is what's called the Hyde Amendment. As a practical matter, of course, Planned Parenthood and other, other organizations already get a ton of federal money. But strictly speaking, they can't be paid directly and use that money for abortion, that specific procedure. It's, you know, they get funding for health care of other services. But, you know, what's the difference? I, right. you, you know that money is kind of budged. Let's yeah. put it that way. But the point is, Democrats, what they want is direct federal funding of abortion. That is to say, abortion is just a health care procedure. So if it's just a health care procedure, well, people who are um, eligible for Medicaid, people who are eligible for Medicare, if they have some sort of disability or Maybe you're having an abortion when you're older. I don't know. But the point is federal health care payers would be paying people, organizations like Planned Parenthood, directly to provide abortion services. Here's uh, Kirsten Gillibrand explaining uh, her stance on the issue. So on this issue, I'm fighting for four things. I will not appoint a justice or a judge who doesn't believe that Roe v. Wade is settled precedent. I will work to... Um, overturn the Hyde Amendment, which makes it impossible for low-income women to get access to reproductive care, including abortion services. I will also work hard to codify Roe v. Wade, uh, and I will make sure no matter what state you live in uh, that you have an opportunity to get full reproductive care. Full reproductive care. That's, that's what we're calling it now. Uh, this and, is a losing proposition because your average American has, mo they'll tolerate the, the abortion as long as it's shamed in society. But this is also going to piss off states' rights people. Nobody wants to pay for this. Yeah, and it's interesting how they say we, we want to protect access to this reproductive health service. All right. I mean, even if I even if you want to make that argument, access is different than me paying for it, isn't right. it? Yeah. It's interesting how they frame that. It's like, well, no, the we actually... This, this yeah. is not reproductive care. Yeah. Well, Joe Biden earlier in the month was also asked by an ACLU activist member person what his stance on the Hyde Amendment is, and he delivered much the same answer. 
I'm an ACLU Rights for All voter, and I have one quick question for you, and that is, will you commit to abolishing the Hyde Amendment, which hurts poor women and, and yes. women of color? Yes, and by the way, ACLU member, I got a near-perfect voting record my entire career. I heard you did, but I'm glad you just said you would commit to abolishing no, no. the Hyde Amendment. Right now, it, it, it has to be. It can't stay. Thank you. How Thank are you, you man? Uh, it's interesting to me, uh, I guess it's ironic, to advocate stealing people's property to terminate other people's lives and calling it, quote unquote, civil liberties yeah. from the ACLU's perspective. The ACLU has become a very bizarre organization. That is to say, even if you are of the perspective that abortion is a civil liberties issue, there's a case to be made if you want to go that that route. All right, fine. But it strikes me as very odd to say other people paying for it is also a civil right. civil liberties issue. And if that's the case, I will take my government-provided gun under the Second Amendment anytime. I will take my government-provided microphone under the First Amendment anytime. And by the way, those are real constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. Constitutional rights being interpreted to mean that you have to be given stuff to exercise it. No, that's that's never been the case. And that, again, fundamentally confuses what is the spirit of a negative right. It's the right to be left alone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is just pandering, I think. I do you think he would really do anything about it. Joe Biden. Mm. Well, Joe Biden, if I want to be as charitable to Biden there in the moment as I can, he's clearly at some kind of event and he's just jumped with a question and he answers on the spot. And it's clearly not a super thoughtful answer. Maybe yeah. he would change his answer if he had time to think about it. However, in the case of Gillibrand, she is affirmatively stating her stance in a well thought out four point plan. Mm -hmm. She is there's no there's no mistaking there. Like, it's not as though she just made some error. Joe Biden conceivably made an error. Another person not making an error, though, is is uh, Cory Booker, who has also come out and issued a similar plan to Gillibrand. It says, I want to do X, Y and Z. He wants to. He said he'd create a White House Office of Reproductive Freedom, whatever that is. Why? More bureaucracy. That sounds great. What would they even do? Uh, they would repeal the Hyde Amendment. This is the other thing he wants to do. Work, work with Congress to repeal that, I presume. Um, and he also said he'd implement executive actions on day one to ensure reproductive choice. We don't know what that means necessarily either, but again, this is, uh, this is apparently where Democrats want to go. It's not just the freedom to abort. It is, it is using taxpayer money to do it. It is taking people's money to fund it. God, they could win if they put up some kind of centrist, if they put up Tulsi Gabbard, they'd win. The, yeah, what this is so doing? far. This I mean, so, abortion, so dumb. as we mentioned on the show before, um, I think I think most of our crowd tends to be of a of a pro life bend, but there's certainly pro choicers in our listening audience, and this is about as even split socially speaking as it gets. So it's not crazy for them to run on a pro choice platform, but but this going this extra step beyond and saying taxpayer money should fund it, mm -hmm. that's going to split it even more. I don't know what percent of the population supports taxpayer funded abortion, but I gotta imagine that's pretty low. Yeah. I bet even a, a sizable portion of leftists would disagree with that stance. Hmm. Well, we'll see how it plays out. The debates start in a about a month's time. So we'll see how, the, how crazy things can get. Are you get. ready yes. for this? I, I wish it started tomorrow. I want to watch <laughs> them now. But until then, 
Uh, Theresa May is out. Theresa May resigned as the UK's prime minister and the leader of the Conservative Party. Catch me up to speed. And then I got a clip from her, uh, her tearful statement saying goodbye. It seems that she's given in to political pressure over her failure to secure Britain's withdrawal from the EU. I mean, this invigorates my hope that it's actually going to happen. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I mean, but, you know. The real question is, why was she in charge in the first place? And we're going to listen to her clip, but um, she was she's acting like she's been pro-Brexit this entire time, which is an astonishing claim for her to make in light of. Yeah, it's it's complicated. And I certainly well, neither of us really are are experts on the nuances of of European politics or British politics. But just from the outside observation perspective, anytime you're having someone go to bat to negotiate for the position that she herself did not hold, she was a remainer. And she's going to bat to negotiate the exit because she believes in implementing the result of the election. Right. But the question remains, if you if you weren't personally invested in it, you're just invested in principle. Did that was that influential in terms of her failures to negotiate to successfully negotiate the exit? Mm. So she's out. She's not leaving immediately, though. She's leaving. Well, I guess before Uh, we get into. June 7th, June 7th. Okay, so she's got. Yeah, well. A week and change time, two weeks maybe. Um, but I, I should uh, play what she had to say on her way out the door. Here's Theresa May. Back in 2016, we gave the British people a choice. Against all predictions, the British people voted to leave the European Union. But it is now clear to me that it is in the best interests of the country for a new prime minister to lead that effort. So I am today announcing that I will resign as leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party on Friday the 7th of June. It is, and will always remain, a matter of deep regret to me that I have not been able to deliver Brexit. I will shortly leave the job that it has been the honor of my life to hold. The second female prime minister, but certainly not the last. I do so Uh with no ill will, (laughs) but with enormous and enduring gratitude to have had the opportunity to serve the country I love. Okay, so she's getting a little tearful on the way out. Uh, I mean, it it would seem that she's sincere in considering her failure to, you know, to negotiate the one thing I I do think she cared about the most, whether she was a, you know, she was personally pro-Remain or pro-Brexit. It seems that she really cared about implementing what the British people voted for. Did she? I mean, I, I buy. Do you, do you think they were crocodile tears? I buy them as as legit. Uh, yeah, but women cry about everything all the time. Fair I mean, enough. That doesn't mean that she's sincere. Uh, I I don't. I certainly don't think she did everything that she could, or that hmm. she really took into account the will of the British people, or really cared about the yeah. outcome of of the referendum. And I just don't know enough about all the nuances and the details to evaluate if she did a great job or not. I would imagine most people in the Remain camp or in the the Brexit camp, I should say are not going to say she did a great job because she didn't yield results. Yeah. And so the question is, who's going to replace her as prime minister? And uh, and what sort of perspective on Brexit will this person have? So, so the prime minister will remain in place until a new leader has been chosen by her party. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hope that that's done in late July. And okay. Boris Johnson, I, I don't know anything about European politicians. I, I am a political commentator as my job, and I'm like, oh, um, is the front runner to succeed? 
Right. And he's been harshly critical of Theresa May. And he's, and he's yeah. been uh, a staunchly pro-Brexit guy. They describe him as the European Trump or the British Trump. I don't know how accurate that is or if it's just the fact that they have similar hair. I don't know. But I was looking through this list of uh, who the New York Times is naming as the most likely Theresa May replacements. And I was mostly trying to get an assessment of what were their stances on Brexit itself. That is to say, will the conservative party go with someone like Theresa May who may be soft on Brexit personally and try, try the, try to do that strategy again, or are they going to take a Brexit hardliner and try to go to bat that way? Most of the people on this list here are themselves pro Brexit. So I would expect, I mean, certainly if they go with Boris Johnson, it's going to be someone of a different um, perspective on Brexit than Theresa May was. But, uh, but it looks like most of the people on this list, again, not people I'm intimately familiar with, but most people on this list were themselves pro Brexit at the time of the actual vote going on three years ago. How insane I is know. that three years ago? And we're still going Are through this process. Are you optimistic that it'll come to fruition? Well, it seems like it's, I, I'm guessing it's going to happen if it's just a, a you know, a, a no deal Brexit. That is to say, they just leave the EU with no deal on trade or anything like that. I, I don't know. I don't I, I, I have no idea what the most likely outcome is, but I'd, I guess I'd be surprised if the if there were some other result, like they they held another election or somehow some way Britain remained in the EU despite the results of the election. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm I'm speculating they'll end up out. It's just a question of how good of a deal do you get with the EU itself? Or do you just say, screw you, EU and and leave without a deal? But right, right. But yeah, we'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, and, uh, so we'll know, we'll know within a few weeks or, you know, by July's time who the, who the replacement will be. Mm. And Trump is scheduled to go visit Britain soon. I think before Theresa May's out on June 7th. So that seems like an awkward visit if he meets with yeah, Theresa why? May. Why bother? We'll see how that goes. Anyway, um, catch me up on, uh, Julian Assange too. Cause they're new- surprising. I, I kind of couldn't believe it. Well, yeah. I suppose it's not, it's not totally out of the blue. A federal grand jury uh, returned an 18-count superseding indictment on Thursday, charging Assange with offenses that relate to his alleged role uh, with Chelsea Manning. Um, The indictment alleges that Assange was complicit with Chelsea Manning in unlawfully obtaining and disclosing classified documents related to um, the national defense. It's my understanding these are all related to the Espionage Act, uh, specifically Hmm. that Assange conspired with Manning obtained from Manning and aided and abetted her, her, her in obtaining classified information with reason to believe the information was to be used to the injury of the United States or the advantage of a foreign nation. Um, it, it's a bunch of charges. I linked it in the description below, uh, received yeah. and attempted to receive classified information, having reason to believe that such materials would be obtained, taken, made and disposed of by a person contrary to law. So if convicted, he faces a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison on each count. And is there any update on the likelihood of his extradition? Do we know um, anything? No. Like, would this ever actually happen? I, I doubt it. Hmm. Uh, but I do wonder, you know, why they're doing this, what, what the impetus well, is. That was interesting. I mean, back when we discussed this, the great debate, and it was even highly contentious among our audiences, is Assange a hacker or a publisher? Those are pretty distinct things. Did he mm-hmm. participate in, encourage, cooperate with the hacking? Right. Or was he just a guy that received information and put it out in the journalistic interest of 
transparency and all that. I now, do doubt these claims because his track record has been uh, pretty clear. He's been pretty clear in his um, in in the way he's received information and how he's processed it. I think that he probably would have taken strides to protect himself against uh, the hmm. claims in the indictment. Don't you think? I mean, when I was reading this, I'm like, would he really have put himself in this position? He knows the law. I, I doubt it. Yeah, I guess I, I'm just I, I'm unclear on the prosecutorial thinking or strategy here, because when the first charge came out, I took that as an indicator of like, well, maybe they really don't have that strong of a case against Assange. Right now, it seems like they're being quite aggressive. So in the event he's ever actually prosecuted in the United States, we'd, mm -hmm. I guess, get a better evaluation of the degree to which he participated in the actual theft of materials versus just having yeah. material handed to him and publishing it. I can't imagine he didn't insulate himself from this. Would he really have been intimately involved in this process? Um, you would think if he was that reckless, he probably would have been brought to justice by now by somebody, but maybe not. Maybe I guess, I guess we'll find out, but no matter what happens, it sounds like the court process in the UK deciding what his fate ultimately will be. As we discussed at the time, it's going to be something we might not have an answer to for like a year's time, maybe more. Or, There's a yeah. lot of appeals here. Yeah. Lastly, um, in other legal news, Last week, uh, checked in on the Jesse Smollett case, or at least the files related to the Jesse Smollett case. The whole case file was sealed after uh, Cook County State's attorney, Kim Fox, inexplicably dropped all charges against him. Well, on Thursday, a judge reversed that decision, unsealing the case file after media members challenged the reasoning for doing so in the first place. Here's why the, uh, the judge decided to release that information and, uh, and when we can expect to see it. In his 10-page decision, Judge Stephen Watkins explained that while the existing case law doesn't necessarily support unsealing this case, Smollett's actions did. Punches me right in the face. He cited this interview that back. Smollett did on national TV talking about this case. Get back to work and And this voluntary interview that he gave no in the mistakes. courthouse lobby call. following the dismissal of charges in front of dozens of cameras. Quote, these are not the actions of a person seeking to maintain his privacy or simply be let alone, Watkins said. Quote, by doing so, the court cannot credit his privacy interest as a good cause to keep the record sealed. As a result, Smollett's case file in the Cook County Circuit Court Clerk's Office was open today. But what could be much more significant than that file is the hundreds of pages worth of records and communications from Chicago police and the Cook County State's Attorney's Office that were previously denied to us. Now, Chicago police tell us they have roughly 600 pages worth of investiga investigatory files to release. Now, the earliest they'll be able to do that, they're saying, is on Tuesday. The Cook County State's Attorney's Office also has documents to release. They say they'll release those by June 3rd. Okay, so so a lot more information on the Jesse Smollett case coming out sooner rather than later. If I was Kim Fox and company, I'd probably be a little bit nervous about this. But um, but as of now, I don't think we have much new information. We got to wait uh, until Tuesday to learn more. I'm excited to learn more. I think that, that I doubt yeah. we're going to actually find out anything we didn't already know in our heart of hearts. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I don't expect to be surprised by any of the factual material. But I do hope for justice for Jesse, Kim Fox, uh, anyone else involved in what looks like one of the bigger breaches of justice we've seen in, in some time. But moving into the big political news of the week, uh, the political theater between 
the extremely stable genius and um, and crazy Nancy. This is going to be a bit of a lengthy topic. You think we should take a break first or just hop right into it? Let's just hop right into it. We don't have too okay. many chance. Because really what I want to get to is not just the conflict between the two of them, but what it led to in terms of Trump tweeting this video and then people, the circulation of another video, which was called fake. And then both of the videos are come to, they come to call those fake. And then there's a big debate about whether social media has to, de- has to censor misleading or fake material. It's it it's it got really weird and really complicated, yeah. but it all starts on Wednesday when Trump is supposed to have a meeting with congressional leadership, primarily Chuck, uh, Chuck and Nancy, and they're going to discuss an infrastructure package, something that all of those parties theoretically could agree on. Immediately beforehand, however, Nancy Pelosi uh, holds a press conference of her own and they're discussing all of the Russia stuff and Nancy Pelosi accuses Trump of engaging in a cover-up. Again, how do you cover up by being as transparent as possible, releasing the Mueller report to yeah. the maximum legal extent possible? All of that. I guess the cover-up is that eight know, percent that Don McGahn, Trump's lawyer, isn't going to testify before Congress, or or that eight percent, like you said. Who knows? Take your pick on what the cover-up might be. But here's Nancy Pelosi's allegation. We believe that no one is above the law, including the President of the United States, and we believe that the President of the United States is engaged in a cover-up, in a cover-up, and that was the nature of the meeting. Sorry, what were you saying? My videos aren't totally synced. Oh, they're delayed a little bit. My reactions are a little behind, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so so Nancy Pelosi says it's a big cover-up. And, and, uh, Trump, in response, just cancels the meeting outright. So they're going to have this meeting about infrastructure, and Trump basically says, screw you. Okay, I'm not, I'm not participating in a meeting if you guys are going to witch hunt me, basically. And he walks out of the meeting. Now, this was described by Pelosi as a, quote, temper tantrum, and Trump was furious, is the claim made by Democrats, that he was enraged and he was out of control. So this prompts Trump to go to the Rose Garden to explain to reporters why the meeting was canceled, and how he's not going to cooperate with Democrats until the witch hunt is over. And this is what Trump has to say. I just saw that Nancy Pelosi, just before our meeting, made a statement that we believe that the president of the United States is engaged in a cover-up. Well, it turns out I'm the most, and I think most of you would agree to this, I'm the most transparent president probably in the history of this country. I don't do cover-ups. You people know that probably better than anybody. I'm the most transparent ever, but also I, I like how he appeals to the media who of course hate him probably more than Nancy <laughs> Pelosi does. Yeah. You guys know me. I'm so transparent. Don't you guys love me? No, no, they do not. Okay. Hyperbole. We know what we were getting with him. Though. Yeah. It's just classic Trumpy explanations. Everything's the most or the worst or the least or the best or whatever. Anyway, uh, This prompts Pelosi to respond on Thursday saying that she has concerns about the president's mental health, basically, that she she prays for the president, that she hopes those close to him will intervene and that it's clear that Trump is begging for the House to try to impeach him. That is the case that Nancy Pelosi wants to make. I pray for the president of the United States. I wish that his family or his administration or his staff would have an intervention for the good of the country. The House is just crying out for impeachment. That's why... He flipped yesterday. The president has a bag of tricks, and the White House has a bag of tricks that they save for certain occasions. Okay. 
And all of this prompts what I think is the most interesting moment of this entire exchange, which is Trump is having a, uh, a White House event with farmers who he's announcing basically a relief package for farmers who have been affected by the, the Chinese tariffs. And because of media inquiry and other things, it, it sort of diverts into discussion of this feud with Nancy Pelosi. And Trump starts ripping into crazy Nancy and crying Chuck. And then you have this moment where Trump starts asking members of his staff to tell the media how how calm he was, how not how not crazy he was. <laughs> and then he describes himself, uh, of course, as an extremely stable genius. So this was a this was a pretty interesting event at the White House this week. She wa- she said I walked into the room right next door yesterday and walked in and started screaming and yelling. Just the opposite. Because I know that they will always say that, even if it didn't happen, because this happened once before. I walked out, I was so calm. You all saw me minutes later, I was at a news conference. I was extremely calm. So I walked into the cabinet room. You had the, uh, the group, crying Chuck, crazy Nancy. I tell you what, I've been watching her, and I have, I have been watching her for a long period of time. She's not the same person. Uh, she's lost it. Kellyanne? Uh, you were in the room, Sarah was in the room, Mercedes was in the room yesterday. Kellyanne, what was my temperament yesterday? In the Very room? calm, no temper tantrum. I told the facts first crowd that they published that you're fuming, temper tantrum, rage, lost it, that, that's just a lie. Sarah, uh, we're just talking about the meeting yesterday. Uh, the narrative was I was screaming and ranting and raving. What was my tone yesterday at the meeting? Uh, very calm. I've seen both, and this is definitely not uh, <laughs> angry or ranting. Uh, very calm and straightforward and clear. I mean, I always got a lot of publicity. So I, I said something, even as a private builder or whatever I was doing at the time, I would get a lot of publicity. And without a lot of, without a lot of trying, I haven't changed very much. Been very consistent. I'm an extremely stable genius. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to break here to discuss a little bit because this is where it moves so into the tweeted video about Nancy Pelosi and gets weirder. Uh, I got I got a lot to say about this, but I'll defer to you. I just wish you if you want he wouldn't first. address things like this. I mean, he's not begging to be impeached. That's insane. Nancy Pelosi's behavior has changed, and she does like seem like she's wasted all the time. But I wish he wouldn't launch into these detailed defense. And if you look at the people lined up behind him, they all have this look on their face, like. What's he gonna say? Yeah, what's he we're gonna here say? to discuss farming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like talk yeah. about uh, you know what's on the agenda for this specific meeting. Like you don't have to bring your ego and everything. No, but we did know now some of that is him, media so. media prompt too. That yeah. is to say, Trump. I I'd have to go back and watch the event, but I believe this is all prompted by media inquiry. It's not Trump just launching into this. Unrelated. It's so painful to watch. I, it's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you embarrassed? Well, I understand why it develops this way. Like I'd be pissed off if I was in Trump's position too, where it's like, all right, I put up with this two or three year investigation or whatever, and it didn't find anything and it's time to move on for what's best for the country. I, I totally understand the frustration. Yeah, but we need to take a page from the, from the left's book. And when when we when they address specific issues that we don't want to talk about, we just don't talk about them and move on until the news cycle yeah. turns over. It's like and it's actually, time to do that. I, I do buy him and I do buy the staffers that he probably was not out of control at the meeting. I think he yeah, probably fine. walked in there and was like, screw you, Nancy, I'm going home. And, and that was it. The thing is that I don't care because this seems like just trivial nonsense the 
I always hate to go to the optics argument, the optics, but standing there as the boss and asking your employees to tell everyone like a boss asking an employees, Hey, or asking an employee, am I crazy? Am I a bad boss? They're not inclined no. to criticize <laughs> you, especially with the lights on and the cameras on and all the media there. Yeah. So while I don't think that any of this is necessarily inaccurate, yeah. I do think that it's a politically foolish display because it, it looks bad. It looks ridiculous. It, mm-hmm. There's there's no circumstance under which Kellyanne or Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders would say, you know, I really thought you handled it poorly. I thought you did a shit job at the meeting, actually. I thought you were out of control. Nancy Sarah Pelosi's right. Sarah answered it correctly, though. I mean, she, she gave him a little a little jab. Like, little, I've seen you melt down before. A little uh, joke to diffuse yeah. the situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Poor yeah, lady. So, She's got Overall, the worst job on the planet. It just must be a terrible job. When I say missed political opportunity, all I mean is I think that it's a real vulnerability for the Democrats to keep harping on this ridiculous impeachment talk, right. this ridiculous Russia talk. If Trump could just exercise a little more restraint and say, yeah, they're crazy. They're they're down this delusional Russia rabbit hole. Meanwhile, I'm trying to do things to rebuild the country. I'm trying to do things for the benefit of the economy. I'm trying to do X. I'm trying to do, you know, Y and Z. But he's never been like that. And we did know that when we voted for him. Uh, Yeah. We can't expect him to change the, his personality makeup. It's just, it's a little frustrating because he's stooping to their level in what I believe is deliberate provocation from Nancy Pelosi. I think she even acknowledged as such. And instead of main, he has the high ground. He can just hold that high ground and I think come out politically doing very well. Yeah. But he stoops because that's the Trump way. Like, I'm just going to punch you back twice as hard, no matter whether it's strategically advantageous or not. I, 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 I too wish we wouldn't have displays quite like this. That said... I enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed watching this. And it got even better because that's when <laughs> all of this Trump uh, prompts Trump to to tweet a video of Nancy Pelosi on Thursday night stammering and stuttering in press conferences. So this is just a montage of her having vocal difficulty. Let's put it that way. I pray for the president of the United States. Oops, that's the wrong one. This one. <laughs> We had a little uh, long, took a little longer on the floor. The custody, custody of the border. We had a little uh, long, took a little longer on the floor. The custody, custody of the border, of the border. Everyone, he uh, started making, sending signals. The U.S., Mexico, Canada. If that's not the accurate, some people call it after NAFTA. Some call it NAFTA 2.0. Working together. To, to uh, make pass that, not to, uh, if we where where the fat there are three things there are three things there are three things there are three things we're very busy people. Okay, last time I checked, this is three, not this. It was worse yesterday. We played another clip. She could not put a subject with a predicate in the same sentence. What's going on? Okay, so. that's interesting because this itself was characterized as misleading or distorted. It's just a montage. Like in there's nothing fake about that or distorted about that. It's just a series of stammers and stutters edited together. Which they do to Trump all the time. Right. And, and honestly could be done to anybody. You could do it to us on, you could do it. You could do it to anybody. That's not a defense of Nancy Pelosi, but what I'm pushing back against is the idea that it's somehow fake. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But that's not necessarily why they were making the fake video accusation. I'll get that to that in a moment and what has just developed in a bizarre way. Because the media narrative based on another video and based on this one sort of being circulated simultaneously, whether they're doing this intentionally or not, there's a common belief that that video is fake. Right. You see this in the replies to it all over. It's, it's fake. It's, it's, it's not real. And here's, like, here's a couple examples from NBC and CNN calling not only this other video, which we'll get to in a moment, fake, but the video we just watched fake. Oh. Something's going weird with our video player system. There no, I'm go. having some problems with it. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like restarting when it like, was it not playing automatically for you? It's not playing automatically and it's delayed by about 10 seconds. So I'm having okay. some reaction problems. Cause when you hit play, I think it was restarting for me. Oh no. So I would, let's just say don't hit play on your end. And if it works, it works. It doesn't, you've seen the clips, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll make do as we always do duct tape production in action. Go. Bitter feud, the war of words between President Trump and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi hits new lows. And the fake videos of Pelosi, the president, and his allies are circulating this morning. Retweeted a misleadingly edited video of Nancy Pelosi, edited to highlight and exaggerate stuttering. Another fake video is also circling, uh, circulating online. It's been slowed down to make Pelosi appear incoherent, ill, perhaps drunk. The video is fake. It's manipulated. Numerous audio and video experts and fact-checking organizations have confirmed that. Okay, another fake video. The fake video the president and his allies are circulating. Well, this is where it gets a little misleading because there's nothing fake about that original Pelosi video. There was a second Pelosi video circulated on Facebook that is a clip of Pelosi speaking at about three quarters speed. That is to say that they slowed it down to about three quarters speed to give the impression that she's drunk or out of it or something like that. This is definitely distorted. It's giving a misleading presentation, but this is not the video that the president circulated. Granted, Rudy Giuliani tweeted this and then later deleted it. But here's here's the clip that is actually this fake. This video that the posted to the Politics Watchdog Facebook page has more than 47,000 shares and 2.4 million views. It shows Pelosi speaking at the Center for American Progress Ideas Conference on May 22nd. But when compared to the Washington Post's verified feed of the same event, it is clear the Facebook video is playing at 75% of the original speed. We want to give this president the opportunity to do something historic for our country. We want to give this president the opportunity to do something historic for our country. Okay. And so that then creates all of all of these people replying to the original Trump tweet saying this is a fake video. You're spreading fake news. You're, this is all fake, fake this, fake that. But the original Trump video is not actually the video that was demonstrated to be fake. That's what gets weird. And what's even weirder is that people are then going after Facebook now to delete or, or enforce uh, penalties against the fake video or the distorted or misleading video that we just watched. Facebook has opted not to do that. So Facebook is leaving these things up Good. despite the, the outrage mob trying to get it taken down. Well, how many videos have you seen of Trump where they slow down uh, certain words to emphasize what he's saying while playing dramatic music? I've seen that, that yeah. montage of Trump like a million times. And then there was that uh, Seattle news station that... Um, edited like spliced in him his him licking his lips repeatedly 
hmm. uh, to make him like look all creepy and stuff. And the left didn't care about that at all. In response to everyone trying to get Facebook to ban this video, it turns out YouTube did. YouTube has enforced whatever community standard against this video. But a Facebook spokesman says to the Washington Post, we don't have a policy that stipulates that the information you post on Facebook must be true. The company said instead it would heavily reduce the video's appearances in people's news feeds, uh, append a small informational box alongside the video linking to two fact check sites, and open a pop-up box linking to additional reporting whenever someone clicks to share the video, people mad about this misinformation on Facebook started using the delete Facebook trend on Twitter. And so what you end up with is, is this very confused call for censorship that goes against, that I guess is levied against the president <laughs> when in fact the president did not tweet that particular video, though right. his lawyer Rudy Giuliani did. Point is, now the video of Nancy Pelosi stammering has been deemed fake. You have people saying like editing montages is fake or misleading, that any editing whatsoever is fake. And then as far as the actual fake video goes, <laughs> okay, fine. I, I mean, yes. Is it mis misinformation? Yes, it is. I'm glad that people are mad about misinformation. Now it's time to do the Steele dossier. Now it's time to do Covington. Covington now it's right. time to do coverage of Jesse Smollett. All of the coverage of Jesse Smollett almost. Point is, if banning misinformation or punishing misinformation is the route the left wants to go down, there's a lot of due introspection and a lot of so-called real news accounts that need to be banned. That doesn't justify the misinformation in this mm -hmm. case. I'm not saying, oh, that's cool to distort Nancy Pelosi to give the impression that she's drunk or something like that. It does mean that centralized authority banning misinformation is not the solution. Right. The solution to misinformation is exactly how this played out, which is scrutiny and exposure of the truth. So... Yes, that debunking and all of that, it'll require just a little bit of critical thinking for yourself. I know that's a big ask for a lot of people to be just lightly skeptical of things that you encounter that maybe seem a little off and do a little investigation for yourself. But the price otherwise of saying, I don't know, I'll let the centralized authority do all of my thinking for me and they'll present me with the quote unquote good information. That's not a route we want to go down. It was probably a net positive for Trump anyway, because the original clip does have like a high baseline level of incoherence. And she clearly is stammering all the time. Like I have thought many times that she must have some degenerative brain disease. Uh, she it seems like she's getting up there regardless of this. I think she's crazy old, right? I, th I think she's like 76 or something. Yeah. Too old for government. Hmm. And, and she's a woman. I mean, come on. Oh, of course. And that. Although Trump is <laughs> Age pretty is old, irrelevant. too. Uh, how old is Trump? He's, what, 70? Uh, I think they're both about the same age. Trump might Gosh, be actually a little bit older Trump than she is. Um, he's 72. Oh, so he's younger. My mistake. Yeah. And she's 70, oh, what, 75? She's 79. Oh, 79. Wow. Yeah, so she's pushing 80. I mean... I guess eight years when you're that old is it's probably a huge difference mentally. Yeah. I just, I love the selective outrage and the hypocrisy and of just saying, well, misinformation that works to my disadvantage has to be banned, but misinformation right. that works to my political advantage. Well, that, you know, mistakes happen. We can't Naturally, be this is people. not going to cause them to have any level of internal scrutiny. No, of course not. Or change their own editing behaviors, which have consistently been abhorrent. Yeah. And I don't know if uh, there's mention in this article too. I don't think Twitter is enforcing anything. They're not enforcing any standard against this particular video. 
And they're certainly not enforcing any standard against Trump's video. But that's what's interesting is you go to Trump's video and read through the comments. It's a whole bunch of leftists saying fake video reported. Well, one, the video is not fake. Two, as we've heard Jack Dorsey say on on Rogan's podcast and elsewhere, quote unquote, public interest is what Facebook uses to evaluate whether tweets from the president should be banned. So he can say basically whatever he wants. But lastly, I just I can't believe how thirsty these people are. For someone to control information and make sure only the good information gets in their feed. You know how much stupid garbage I see in my Facebook feed from all my dumb friends all the time? You still have Facebook? Why? Uh, News aggregation. Yeah. But you know how many people I saw posting outrageous things about the Covington kids? Oh, yeah. That are just plainly untrue. I mean, those videos distorting the reality of Covington were quote unquote fake under this standard um, insofar well, they as they omitted edited in a misleading way. Yeah. Or, or at bare minimum, they omitted necessary information. Not once did I ever report any of my friends to Facebook to clean up the misinformation for me. I might challenge it myself, but that's the point. That's how you do this stuff. Yeah. It's not appealing to the, the God of censorship to do all this stuff for you. It's, oh, it's again, it's just another example of like, think one step, think what, Think of the world your standard would create. Okay, mm-hmm. don't apply it to just this one instance where it works in your favor. Think of a few examples of how it might work against your favor. Yeah, exactly. And consider if you want to live in that world. Yeah. Ugh, exhausting. Okay, but I've said enough about this. We should probably move on. Uh, I guess we should take a little break. Yeah, we should. Okay, Michael Lazari, Blonde and Matt, what are your favorite colors? Be as specific as you can. I like a hmm. hunter green. Ooh, specific. Well, I, I like blue of any kind, basically, from your lights to your from your lights to your darks. That's a weird thing to say. But uh, the one the shades of blue I don't like are like um, blue greens. You know, I don't okay. like I don't like teals okay. and that sort of stuff or like Teal even is kind of a gay color, I guess. even dark bluish greens, like kind of sea green colors or things like that. I, I don't like those colors, but generally anything on the blue spectrum, uh, I that, that's my go to fake name mcgee blonde and i have not made love and we won't i'm just using her to get to matt sorry blonde oh bummer fine uh nancy munsey hey guys i'm hanging around the fire pit and everyone is mad i'm on my cell so say hi to dad (laughs) annie heather jess and chris to get me off the hook hey dad annie heather jess and chris are you off the hook nancy yeah, you you should have fun at your your holiday cookout thing or whatever's going on. Yeah, don't listen to us. This show sucks. Uh, <laughs> Deep Center Field Press, extremely stable genius seeking a Congress that gives a f all, gives a fall, gives a fuck all, something like that. Yeah, uh, we'll take another porn star in place of the Speaker of the House. Uh, yeah. Daryl Grosshands, did you hear about Teddy Spaghetti uh, starting his own streaming service with Owen Benjamin? No, but good for them if they if they're able to launch something. Is that My real live is, chat? Are we getting trolled? Uh, I'll check it out if it's real. I hope they do. I do have a real soft spot for Owen Benjamin. Love the guy. Um, Andrea D. Le Pen's party winning in France. Salvini's party winning. Farage's party winning in UK. It's a good day. Get effed. Oh, that was you. Okay, that was another thing I forgot to mention during the May segment. Was of course the EU elections were Thursday through today, basically. Yeah. And I had not seen any results shortly before live, but apparently uh, neither we had have I. something Although, to speak of. I was watching uh, Mr. Medicare's stream and Sargon, badly, but as expected, no, nobody. So that's the- confirmed. Sargon did not win. 
Right. Uh, nobody in the YouTube sphere is ever going to be able to cross over into politics. Except no, for maybe I, Candace Owens. Maybe. I I hadn't expected that. And I assume if Sargon didn't win, Tommy for sure didn't win. No, Tommy lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. The gaming annex. Keep fighting the good fight. We're trying. Mandatory carry. Conservatives swept Europe, so get ready for the war. Yes, I mean, you two as well. Not as much, though. Uh, Tyler Hummel, the Chicago group is hanging out tonight watching live. The alcohol and feasting is plentiful, though we oh, cool. may have offended the Muslim neighbors already. Get that bacon on, guys. <laughs> Thanks uh, for tuning in. Son of the Wolf tomorrow. Please keep Sergeant Michael D. Kerspel and CPL Harton on our Corporal uh, Harton on your mind. My brothers in arms um, mm. killed in Afghanistan in 2012, in 2010. Sorry to hear that. And Sorry thank you. That. Thank you for your service and uh, and their sacrifice, of course. Uh, Nala Black, Matt and I have never made love. What? It was always just casual sex, no kissing, no cuddling, just tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Okay. So gay. Although we do know the original origin story, I think, for real this time. Yeah, we I saved we it, so I, it so I have it for reference if ever needed. Uh, Dakota Stanton, the Brexit party just plain owned the election. Oh, uh, good. Rumbledore, hey, Mountain Blonde, I'm getting into guns because of the show, and I needed something to replace my medieval history hobby because of progressive creep. <laughs> mm-hmm. My list is up to 34, but none in 3006. Thoughts? I don't know what any of that means. I don't my know anything about guns. up to 34? My list is up to 34, but none in 30. None in 30 on six. As in firearms he wants to buy? I guess so. I, I I'm not I, the person I, to ask. I'll take it. That um, Is he asking for records? Asking for recommendations or something? A recommendation. Like, what's your favorite gun? Uh, well, like anything else, it's purpose-driven. Um, if I'm going to pick like m- firearms that I own that I think are the most fun, uh, I just I just got a dedicated 22 upper for an AR build. That's really really fun, just for plinking. But um, CZ Scorpion is my personal favorite like plinking shooter. So yeah. if you want a fun little nine millimeter sub gun, that's my personal favorite that I enjoy shooting. But if you got 34 on the list, I mean, take your pick. There's probably a lot of really cool stuff on there. Yeah. And uh, it's going to take you a while to collect those unless you are a um, very well-to-do person. Uh, that's not right. Matt and I once made love on Memorial Day. We grilled each other's wieners, if you know what I mean. We do know what you mean because that was not at all veiled. Gross. Mm. Tomato bread orgasm. <laughs> that's a good one. Take the tip of my huge bonus and tell me your favorite dad joke. Oh, geez. I don't even know. I can't really do one on the spot because usually they're prompted by some sort of reference. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've got nothing. We're going to take your money and give you nothing back because I can't think of anything. I'll have to keep that in mind. I, I don't have one on the, off the top of my head, though. I need like a prompt. Maybe we'll think of it as the show goes on. Hmm. Uh, How about... um? Did you hear about the two peanuts who walked into the bar? No. Yeah, one was assaulted. Boo. That's all I, I guess got. that was a pretty good dad joke. That's all I got. Made me kind of sick. Uh, D. Benham says, great joke. Thank you. Great show. Thank you. Cause I can <laughs> great joke, too. Let's be honest. <laughs> Stephen Stone. Matt and I once made love. He advanced the line straight into my bunker. In return, I gave him my resources. If you know what I mean, you guys are all fags. Dan Lopez, nobody wants abortion banned. We just want common sense abortion control. Yeah, there is an interesting angle there, too. Uh, let's just do a few more right now. Ryan Cunningham, been here since LOCR. My former channel. Don't know what that is. All, all about rage on Call of Duty. 
That like I used to make Call of Duty videos of just my what friends. What is that an acronym for? The Library of Cod Rage. Oh. Yeah, which is still my channel URL because oh, it I is. didn't want to sacrifice my entire channel. Um, yeah. Nerd, uh, humanist aggressor. Yeah. Don't bother read this out loud. Never mind. Well, uh, there you go. That's what happens, you know, when you let Blonde do her one job. I know. Um, yeah. Sack Papa Joe, they are Democrats. It's a given they will vote for the most corrupt candidate possible. Tulsi has no chance. I yeah. know. I get a lot of flack for liking her uh, because she has a lot of views that are antithetical to my most fundamental principles yet i still do i mean she would even make me consider voting for a woman if they would put somebody like that up but they're not going to she's gonna get nuked by the left she doesn't have a chance in hell um okay we'll circle back all right real quick over on uh Streamlabs. cameron says speaking of undesirable content being taught to children have you seen how california schools are being taught that pedophilia is a sexual orientation now remember the only cure for pedos is uh well a rough one. He says 115 grain projectile administered at 1150 feet per second. What, we yeah. can't read that on our show? We can't talk about killing pedophiles? Well, why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. With due uh, process, though. Yes, after due process. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I haven't had a chance to look into this. I've seen this claim made, and I know it's disputed by fact checkers. So I don't know, because Snopes says it's false, but that's Snopes. So... I mean, Snopes has been dead wrong on a lot of things. So I need to actually look into this claim about pedophilia taught as a sexual orientation or not. Um, no I've idea. seen the, the, is it a PTA meeting? It's something like that um, where they're asking teachers about it and the teachers mm. are evasive, but I guess that doesn't really prove very much. I'll have to check it out. I'll have to see if, see what's going on there. Thanks, Cameron. Uh, John says going to try to catch the show live. Probably. Going to end up watching on BitChute. Have a great show either way. Well, thanks for tuning in on the alternative platforms. Of course, we're going to get into YouTube's BS with Lauren Southern's uh, documentary and also uh, just the, the the data on YouTube trending uh, shortly here. So yeah, I'm all for. You know, I'm not I'm not saying abandon YouTube and don't watch the stream here if you're one of the you know 99% of people who watches the stream on YouTube. But you never know when this kind of nonsense is going to show up. So it's always yeah. a good idea to just, even if you don't intend on going over there, follow your favorite creators elsewhere in the possible event that they're not on your preferred platform in one of the uh, upcoming days. Yep. Phil says when Nancy Pelosi says she is praying for Trump, who do you think she is praying to? <laughs> yeah, really. Judeo Christ or the devil himself? Yeah. Good question. No one, nobody asks her that uh, is Nancy like Pelosi is Catholic, Satanism. right? At least that's the claim. She's Catholic, I, mean, I believe. Walsey says, uh, you know what's enshrined in federal law? Immigration and drug laws, which leftist, uh, in blue, leftist in blue states pass laws to ignore. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, will you have abortion regulation sanctuary states? That would be the other side of this coin. They make it federally illegal. No, federally required to make to have abortion legal, which has all sorts of constitutional right. questions about it. Will you have sanctuary states for abortion regulation and how would they square that circle yep. if that happens hmm. Renica says i am stealing this but uh but how chinese of her it's a boy it's a boy damn it girl get the vacuum cleaner said in the crowder asian character i don't know if i get that reference unfortunately crowder's asian character is but what's is it's good. a boy it's a boy damn it's a girl 
Uh, presumably about China's one-child policy? Something like that. Uh, I, I, I must be missing the exact reference. But yes. All right. Uh, Redicus again says, I have to push back on Blonde's instinct to move on and mention Sargon's non-rape statement. The dirty, dirty smear merchants won't let it go when it advances their narrative. You don't need to make them look the fool. I fault Trump for not bitch slapping them. I don't understand. What did I say about that? I don't know. Maybe I don't recall earlier. Maybe you mentioned that you want to, I guess, move on from the media scrutiny on Sargon's I wouldn't even rape you comment, but I don't remember discussing that earlier. I don't either. I mean, I've never maybe been it was particularly from, offended by that. Maybe it was from a previous stream, too. We've, we've discussed the issue before. I mean, I wish people would stop talking about it. I think they're really beating a dead horse. As in in the media or as in people defending Sargon? No, people should be defending him. That's like a, it was like a nothing comment. I, I kind of can't believe that the media hmm. is still talking about it. But it does seem, you know, rape is such a hot topic. Michael Schlecht says, RIP Bart Starr, Packers legend, died today. I had the honor and privilege to meet him as a child, and he left a permanent impression on me. He was a man of great honor and integrity. He truly represented what real masculinity looks like. You both are great. Keeper moving. Uh, well, we appreciate it. Thanks very much. I have it on good authority that Michael recently moved back to Wisconsin. So congratulations oh, cool. to him on uh, escaping some leftist hell holes previously. It's because he's trying to meet the guys from Red Letter Media. That's why he moved. <laughs> that's, that's right. Forgot about your shared admiration for those guys. Oh, they're so amazing. I love them so All right. Much. Moving on to uh, the rest of the topics we got tonight. I mentioned at the top of the show, Dumb and Dumber, in fact, is getting dumber i am referring to jeff Ooh, daniels that's a dad joke right there and yeah that's a that's an honorable mention for what uh what we had earlier i mentioned um at the top of the show jim carrey and jeff daniels both having what i find to be totally obnoxious political statements later and this personally bugs me because i freaking love that movie i it's like my favorite comedy of all time is dumb and dumber i rewatched it recently and i still enjoy it that movie fan- sucks everything jim carrey has ever been in has sucked Change my you mind. shut your mouth i can't wait to see sonic he's the worst overactor of all time <laughs> that's that said as someone who has found him i've enjoyed that movie obviously i thought eternal sunshine was a pretty good movie in a Fine, serious whatever. role no. The mask but was okay. I can't stand. No, I can't stand the mask. I can't stand Ace Ventura. Those like grotesquely overacted characters. I find very annoying. Like who told him as a child that he was funny? What happened? Well, he's clearly got a talent for just being weird and moving his face in weird ways. That's not funny. to whatever. Well, well, I mean, plenty of people have disagreed historically. But oh, liar, liar. That one's fine. Whatever. The, the point is. Oh, Truman Show. Want- Oh, yeah. I I watched that a long time ago. I can't remember. But people obviously pay to see these guys act as various characters. They don't pay for these ridiculous political statements, but they can't help themselves. So it starts with Jim Carrey, who I'm tempted to follow on Twitter just for his constant jackassian takes. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves watching somebody's descent into madness. It's getting pretty bad. I mean, he tweets bad, like not just like stupid takes, but takes like this with the Alabama governor that are really towing the line on the endorsement of violence and just kind of really skewed morals in terms of what sort, what you view as uh, morally good or of moral value in the world, that sort of thing. And I get this as a joke. Again, the be- the thing about comedy is that what makes it funny is it exposes like a taboo truth or something that's true about the world. Right. This is this, uh, demented. 
he says uh, this this from the last week, or I forget when he actually tweeted this, May 18th, so, you know, eight days ago. I think if you're going to terminate a pregnancy, it should be done sometime before the fetus becomes governor of Alabama, depiction of basically a brain evacuation of Alabama Governor Kay Ivey, of course, for her support for the Alabama abortion ban bill. I, I would actually like someone maybe jim carrey or someone who finds this funny just i'm not saying i don't know i i just i don't get it i legitimately don't get it i don't understand why this is fun. like what's the humor i don't know I can't is he, wrap my is he trying it. to be funny uh, i assume i mean i don't or is he sincerely advocating her death or something i mean he's i don't think he's sincerely advocating for her death but i do kind of appreciate that he's accidentally told uh larger truth about the nature of abortion yeah but what it is in a lot of these cases yeah yeah but it's totally vile i mean he seems like he's losing his mind it, it there's a whole i mean like i said you can follow his account and just and see how ridiculous a lot of these tds just terrible it's made him insane yeah they have both become thoroughly deranged and by both i refer to his dumb and dumber counterpart jeff daniels who appeared on msnbc because he's in some to kill a mockingbird play production on broadway and so we should dying to see it so we should all care about his smug political takes because reasons but he goes on um msnbc uh, to to say, I mean, he's he's just reiterating a lot of tired lines, but the way he does it is just particularly off-putting. Talking about how Trump voters are racist and about how if Trump voters successfully vote for Trump again in 2020, it's going to be the end of democracy. Here's uh, Jeff Daniels. The scene when Scout, when, when Atticus is, is, is at the jail, the KKK comes, they come mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. And it's Scout that recognizes one of her hooded neighbors mm-hmm. and says, Mr. Cunningham. Cunningham. And I started sobbing. I mean, our children are watching. And it is this reminder that in this moment in our politics, our children are watching. I live in Michigan. After the election, I was surprised at some of the people. You know, I said, can you believe this election? And they go, yeah, isn't it great? And I think there are people in the Midwest between the coasts who have to make a decision now. You have to decide whether, like Atticus, you believe that there is still compassion, decency, civility, respect for others. All that stuff you guys believe in, and you still voted not for Hillary or for Trump. Where are you now? It might be enough for them. We're going to find out if, you know, if the big gamble is to go all the way to November 2020, which I agree, and lose, it's the end of democracy. I need people to stand up and be heroic. Who are you? Because democracy is at stake. Okay, the great irony here is that democracy is not the solution to the problem he sees. I always think correcting people and saying, well, actually, we're a constitutional republic is a little bit overplayed because you get what they're talking about, like the democratic spirit in our system. But generally speaking, a federalist republic like we have is the solution to the problem that he sees. You minimize the role of the federal government, maximize the role of the states. Guess what? Doesn't matter how stupid the rest of the country is. Doesn't matter how stupid the president is. You can live in your state how you want. You can, and we can live how we want. And the president doesn't really have control over any of our lives. I wish we could agree on that ideal, but he prefers tyranny of the majority instead. Oh, we want democracy, tyranny of the majority. I just want tyranny of the majority that I agree with and I like. So you advocate that sort of standard and then you bitch when it doesn't go your way and you don't have the power. Yeah, exactly. And there's a rich irony in somebody talking about how um, 
our lack of morality is what caused this when really it's their sense of moral superiority that has, has sure. been a huge factor, like not really having any principles, but behaving as though you're morally superior and trying to dictate and control uh, the minutia of other people's lives with your own complete lack of principles. Yeah. I mean, that's how this happened. Um, but he seems to have no self-awareness. Like, I'm not going to be told by these satanic leftists that I'm bad or that I'm stupid. And that attitude is what led me to vote for Trump. And that's probably what the rest of middle America is thinking. But we have a choice to act like Atticus because our children are watching. Did you see her actually tear up? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. These appeals to fiction too. I know. I was, they do this all the time. They appeal to like The Handmaid's Tale or yeah. Lord of the Ri or, uh, like Game of Thrones or something like that. Or in this case, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. It's like, these are fictional stories. Right. Why? Uh, it seems silly to try to chase a, a fictional reality. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's never, for someone like me, I don't know how representative I am of the average American voter or not. Morally lecturing me is never going to work. Not in a million years. You got to make me an argument. You got to right. make me an argument about why the policies you stand for, or in some cases, if you must, the policies you oppose, though I prefer the policies you stand for, are beneficial. Yeah. But be like make a that case. book character or you're a bad person. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me, hey, don't push that button the wrong way or you're bad. Okay, that's like my mom. You're treating me like I'm 10 and my mom's saying, don't you dare do it. And I'll go, I'll look right at her and I'll smirk and I'll do it anyway. <laughs> but the difference is you're not my mom. You can't actually punish me. So there's the, in, the unwittingly set up a certain enjoyment in voting against their interests just to see them react. How did I end up voting for Trump in the first place? The, like when the election comes around this time, Unless something radically changes, I will vote for Trump because I believe his policy stances are better than the alternative. But yeah. the way I came around as a formerly reliable Democratic voter was the troll factor, was people telling me like this, that I'm bad if I do it, that I've committed some sin if I did it. It's the yeah. big red button you're not supposed to push. And I enjoyed pushing it. Lo and behold, it was part of a, a transition intellectually for me yeah, into yeah. a different belief system or and an I thought that this evolved would belief system. Yeah. Shake their perception that they would understand after the election that they can't do this moral superiority nonsense. But really what they've done is circled the wagons. And that was just a circle jerk. Like, you're such a good person. No, you're yeah. such a good person person and they don't yeah. understand because they're insulated they're still insulated from um real americans that voted for trump for legitimate reasons yeah and there's this moral argument it's infuriating yeah and they reference the kkk in in yeah. to kill a mockingbird as though that's relevant as though that is somehow it's not I, i'm so sick of this from the left i don't even think it's a real i think there are like five kkk members in the deep south right now is it even I, a real thing I'm told, and I was I was driving around yesterday running errands, and I had I turned on the local radio station. Who was on it? But our friend Owen Schroyer covering for Alex Jones, because really? I live in the part of the country where Infowars is still actually on the radio. Can you believe it? But Owen Schroyer was talking about an actual KKK rally in Dayton, Ohio, allegedly. Really? Recently, so who knows if they're trolls or if these people are sincere hood wearers, but apparently there was a legitimate KKK rally in Dayton, Ohio. And that's, what's funny is an actual KKK meeting is what major news. That's like worthy of national Probably discussion. Feds. I don't even know if I believe it, it. It, it. Who knows? But the point is KKK actually marching openly in the streets. 
we act like that's commonplace when in fact, if that actually happens, yeah. it's significant. Yeah. It's major news. And we're all like, whoa, that's way out of the ordinary. It's weird. How can you simultaneously hold these beliefs that the KKK is common yet seeing them is, I mean, you're going to do more than a double take. If you see a guy in a hood, that's going to be rubbing your eyes in disbelief. Is it Halloween? Is that a ghost costume? What am I looking at? Jay Fry just said it's a 2,750 feds and 250 assholes that like free barbecue. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly. Probably something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. uh, The Krasensteins. Oh, have man. been banned by Twitter in, I guess, is is one case of left-wing political oh banning, if you want to. Before we move on, the, the live chat, and this is confirmed by like a million people, they're saying only nine people showed up to this. There were 600 protesters and nine. That sounds about right. Yeah, I haven't looked at it, but that sounds about right. It's like in town here, maybe three, four years ago, Westboro Baptist came to Montana State. Yeah. And I just wanted to go to see what this was going to be like. Yeah. And it was literally... Less than five people holding their usual God hates fags sign and the entire goddamn campus there protesting. I couldn't even get in. I couldn't even, I had to walk for like a mile through a crowd of people just to see a guy holding a God hates fags sign. So disappointing. Yeah. It was like, all right, this is. You go to see some action. Nothing happens. Yeah. We act like these people are common. They're so rare. Anyway. Uh, so the Krasensteins are banned Krasensteins? at least Steins. Is it? I don't know. I don't I've know. always said Steen, but I, I've never heard their name out loud because nobody knows who these people are. Yeah, I nobody, knew something was up with them. Yeah. I, they, they were, whatever's going on with them, whether this is justified banning or not, I get, they were the most inflated Twitter accounts outside of David Hogg. Yeah. You could tell for sure that these guys' accounts were not being, the, the, the interaction on them was not authentic. Yeah, and, and we you, would talk about it sometimes because I would look beneath what, whatever Trump's latest boneheaded tweet was, and there would be some totally not clever tweet from one of these Stein brothers, um, and it would have like 8,000 likes. I'm like, how is that even possible? And it consistently, they were like top ranked in Twitter. And I'm like, yeah. there's something going on here. Um, and alas, there was. Imagine yeah, if, that. If you're not familiar with these two brothers, Ed and Brian, it's like every single Trump tweet, they would just reply to it and have this massive interaction. And they were these resistance heroes, these hashtag resistance heroes. Now, of course, I don't have much of their tweets because they're they're banned now. They're deleted. Unless you have archives, you can't see them. But I have had some screenshots taken recently because I would, you know dabble in following their tweets because they're so stupid and you wonder how do they get this much interaction for example the the trump uh posting that video about bill de blasio that we played on the show was it last week or the week before trump posts that video brian krasenstein responds so trump says bill de blasio is the worst mayor in the history of new york city brian krasenstein says you are the worst president in every city 6.9k likes really Is that really that clever? That sounds like a dad joke the super chatter might appreciate. I yeah. don't know. It's not very good. But they get this massive interaction. Lo and behold, how yeah. did they do it? Tell me about it. So Twitter permanently banned these brothers, Brian and Ed Krasenstein, alleging that the two of the biggest stars of the resistance Twitter, they were just self-made <laughs> resistance Twitter guys, broke the site's rules about operating fake accounts and purchasing fake interactions with their accounts. So I guess they were going to some kind of bot farm, which you've informed me earlier is a thing. Yeah, I obviously don't know that much about it, um, but I'm told that you can do this for basically any social media 
presence, whether you want to boost your Instagram interaction or I guess your YouTube account if you want to do that. Or in this case, Twitter, you just basically pay a service and they have their bot army like and retweet and interact with your your tweets. But the Krasensteins were on such a scale that I wouldn't be surprised if they actually had their own in-house operation, basically. Like, I don't think they were outsourcing this to some, I don't think they're floating like 50 bucks to some guy to do this for them. They're probably doing it themselves if they're doing it. It was on such a significant scale on Twitter. Yeah. And I think that they had um, like other accounts that they were interacting with as well. Yeah. That was the other explanation is that they had fake accounts. Right. But what, is, um, what does that mean? I, I'm skeptical of that claim from Twitter. So the, a Twitter spokesperson said the Twitter rules apply to everyone operating multiple fake accounts and purchasing account interactions are strictly prohibited. Engaging these behaviors will result in permanent suspension. Why did my husband just send me a picture of my dog's red rocket? That's great. <laughs> like, oh, he's texting me during the show. It must be really important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I think that they were operating fake accounts that they made themselves and then they were like interacting with those accounts. And then additionally, they had like a bot farm give them like a million likes enough yeah. stuff that it was ranking them at the top of every hashtag. I'm skeptical about the quote unquote fake accounts claim. That is to say, I know um, Twitter is a little bit heavy handed on this. They, I, for example, like my old account, uh, I, th- I don't think they've reversed it. I'll have to check. But my old account, Skag underscore three, Twitter. Oh, yeah. I still, when I shifted my Twitter to at ML Christensen, I went back to at Skag underscore three and reserved it so that no one could impersonate me, basically. And I just put there, I used to have this account. Now you can find me at ML Christensen. Twitter banned that account. And I don't believe they've reversed it. I could check. Um, or at least, uh, let's see. I haven't checked it in forever. Did they ban it? Yeah, it's suspended. Skag underscore three is suspended because they said it's like it violates their rules. Like, did I make a fake account? I'm not saying that's specifically why they banned mine, but I'm just saying there are reasons why someone of high profile would want to hold an account or potentially hold an alternative account. Another reason is like, as Sticks was saying uh, in his video about this, you are probably you probably have a lot of people blocked or blocked by you, and having another account is a way to get around blocks with. You know, other than just logging out or having interaction with people, there might be blocks if you want to DM or or other associations like that. There are plausible reasons why you'd want multiple Twitter accounts that I think Twitter is a little heavy handed in enforcing. That said, I fully believe that they were getting illegitimate engagement on their accounts. That seems obviously true. Well, okay, so Ed, the uglier brother, (laughs) um, had 925,000 followers before he was banned. And Brian had 697,000. So even with a following like that, the interaction they were getting was like absurd. Yeah. And it was just bitching, you know? Yeah. It was just replying to Trump in stupid ways. Basically, that's what their accounts were. I will also say about Brian Krasenstein, here's an image of him laughing at Alex Jones for being banned off of YouTube last August. Brian Krasenstein tweeted, breaking YouTube has just banned Alex Jones from live streaming and removed InfoWars videos from their platform. I cannot love this enough. Uh, you, uh, sorry, it's a little small for me to read, but he's saying lying uh, and hate get you nowhere, Alex Jones. You lose. 11,000 likes. Like, there's yes. no way. Apparently. Ugh, look at that ugly mug. Look at that ugly <laughs> face. 
Meanwhile, he is now suspended. So my perspective on this is, uh, I, I have a lot of differing thoughts on this. I still, even if they were buying engagement, I don't know, man. I would like to see more demonstrated proof from Twitter. I'm not inclined to believe Twitter's claims generally about any of this censorship. And even though I I don't like the Krasensteins at all, I think they're terrible. I'm not going to say good that they're gone. I I don't like this censorship off of Twitter, regardless of whether I agree with the politics or not. And if you're going to for anything, it should be inventing, buying a following. I guess, but I would like to see Twitter go more aggressively at those services then than the people like buying the service. They you do know, anything about the services? Not, I, I don't know. Twitter's kind of tight lips about this. But if you think about it, like... Chatterbox like, is one. Yeah, they should, they should be cracking down on that sort of stuff. I don't know. I think this is fine. Point is, I, I hesitate. You know. Well, I, I will say that if true, it's certainly qualitatively different than banning someone for political reasons. Dang fag. Right. Yeah. But just in an environment where too many people are being banned off of Twitter for reasons Twitter fails to explain adequately, granted, there's plenty of smoke here. And I do believe the case that they were inflating their account. I just don't want to be on the team that celebrates Twitter censorship in any capacity, including this one. Although I do reserve the right to laugh at them for their hypocrisy on the Alex Jones issue. I'm glad that he laughed at Alex Jones and now suffers the same fate. I don't know what they do for a job or anything. Like, I don't know how big of a quote unquote career hit this is for the Krasenstein. They're saying that they have a YouTube channel. Hmm. I've uh, not seen any of that. Das Pooch in a super chat just said, Blonde, it gets better with the Krasenstein's. Go look at one oh. of their podcast episodes on YouTube. They're manlets with voices straight out of the lollipop guild. They do have faces that I can tell they're short. I can tell. <laughs> okay. I got to see this. I've not seen that at all. Um, but yeah, in terms of celebrating censorship, they reap what they sow. So in that regard, I can be at least a little, I can smirk a little. I, this is not censorship. I, I don't think that this is not based on the content of something they've said. It's based on them misrepresenting well, the following they have, which leads to them getting outranking everybody in the algorithm. This is just cheating. It, it certainly is. I don't is, care about this at all. Good. There certainly is some abuse. However, all I'm saying is, At least there's plenty of circumstantial evidence for the abuse. Let's put it that way. I'm just saying I would like a little more openness from Twitter because I want to see not only the evidence. They handled this fine. A spokesperson came out and said why they were banned, which is because they made account, made fake accounts. They didn't say that much though. What are these fake accounts? What are these quote unquote fake accounts? I want to see what a fake account is that's worthy of a ban, for example. That is more explanation than we've gotten for anybody else. Operating multiple fake accounts and purchasing account interactions. But operating fake accounts, we don't know what that means. And that's been the criticism of Twitter this whole time is they've been tight-lipped about banning people. Give us some specifics so we know the rules. I do kind of feel like every few months or something, they're like, we got to give the right something. Yeah, maybe this is the So let's get the manlets off of our platform and then say that they were buying accounts, but they clearly were. Okay. And my final request is if you're investigating false interactions, please go after David Hogg. No, there's no way 50,000 people or whatever like his thoughts about muffins or other oh, yeah. David Hogg Wasn't it more than that? Wasn't it something ridiculous like 150,000? Yeah. It could be. I'm telling you that stuff is not, not authentic. There's no goddamn way. David Hogg is an agent of the Krasensteins or maybe David Hogg taught the Krasensteins. He is the master to their apprentice. You've got to yeah. go get that guy for his crimes against Twitter. 
Their podcast is Crassencast. Is that oh, true? Oh, God. That's, that's, uh, all right. Uh, we got to keep it moving along because we're running uh, up on time already. I thought maybe we'd have a short show tonight, but I've angered it never the live ends. chat with my, my manlet hating. Oh, no. It's okay to be short if you're funny or rich. <laughs> um, should we? Let's wait to take a break. Okay. You want to talk about, uh, we'll talk about Lauren Southern and YouTube's messing with their trending section uh, first. I was so, really impressed with this. I watched it today. The data analysis? No, the, uh, the documentary. Oh, Borderless. I did yeah. watch it last night. And um, did you have thoughts about the documentary before we talk about the, uh, the so-called soft censorship of it? Yeah, it was, it was really good work. She's, um, I, I like this idea. She knew she was going to get banned from YouTube eventually. And so she really wanted to move to long form content. And I think that she's making a much bigger impact this way. And uh, I admire her tenacity and, and what she's doing is really brave. There, there were like 10 different times in that documentary where I'm like, she's going to get raped now for sure. Right? Yeah. Like, Oh my God, come into my tent. I'm like, don't go Lauren. Don't go. <laughs> I'm sure she had a security entourage behind the scenes. At least one would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, people who, you know, hot, hot leftist takes on Twitter who call this like racist propaganda or something. I, I thought it was a really sympathetic portrayal. It was migrants. very even handed. I, Lauren doesn't offer a lot of personal opinion in this video or in this, this movie at all. And to your point, it, it, it does go deep in explaining why this European migrant crisis happened and continues to happen. And a lot of it, uh, the person I was watching with said um, it generated some sympathy for the migrants. And the person I was watching with is not inclined to have such sympathy. Yeah, um, I didn't it, feel any sympathy for the migrants. It, I was it goes, like, oh, your son got raped? Get out. <laughs> that sounds about right. But the point um, the point is that it, it really shows that there's a lot of interests you don't think about. Like the, what, I, what I was surprised to see is, is sort of the big underground business of the migrant crisis. That is to say, a lot of people stand to make a lot of money, and it's not exactly who you'd think it, it would be. So no, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised by that. I mean, hmm. and it's, it's just, um, it's common sense that if it costs a certain amount of money to get here, then people that are actually refugees are not going to be able to afford to come. I mean, what she really showed, even though some of these people had sympathetic stories and they're not trying to ruin the country, which I also am not really sure about, um, is that these people are mostly economic migrants, which is what we've suspected all yeah. along. Uh, and if that's the case, then yeah, you have to take care of your own people before you allow other people in. And I just loved how um, the whole issue of Ireland was fleshed out. Um, you know, we can't take care of our own people. We have homelessness for the first time in, in decades and decades. Uh, and we're being overrun by people that have a, a really specific set of needs that are taking our resources and we can't take care of our own people. And that's a really yeah. important thing. It's like, yeah, these people might have sad stories and they might not be trying to screw up the country, whatever they are and they have to leave. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, for me, the point is that anyone watching this with a fair mind, I think you'd have a hard time calling this just right wing propaganda, like anti-immigrant no. propaganda. I think it's yeah. actually very fair yeah. to the immigrants coming over. And, and that's, I think it's, you know, I think it's beneficial for anybody to watch. And then and, she even at the end talked about how this was not, this didn't turn out like, like how she thought it was going to. Yeah. And there's, a, this is a gray area and she ended up having more sympathy for these people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know who's, who could possibly watch this and say that this is right wing propaganda. Yeah. And that's the hot Twitter take I've seen frequently. And Lauren interacts with some of those hot Twitter takes on Twitter. 
whether that played into what is alleged YouTube censorship or not, uh, I mean, reach your own conclusions on that, but certainly this was much anticipated, Lauren's documentary. It's been, how long is the, I mean, this is like at least a year in the making or something like that. It it's had been to be. I mean, time. I think South Africa was, was what, it had to be at least a year ago. Yeah. It's, um, it's been a long time. People are looking forward to it. And Lauren releases it over the weekend and it's up for a bunch of people to watch. And then inexplicably, it starts going away in bizarre ways on YouTube. Even as of this recording, I believe right. you can't watch the original. I think this is a link to it here. She re-uploaded it. Yeah. yeah, the original is still down as of this recording. It just says video unavailable if you try to go to it. Um, so that happened after it had already been fully processed. And I think it had been posted. Yes, it, it had like 10,000 likes already by the time it weirdly disappeared yeah then she got a message that said that it stopped processing yeah which is in this article here hard to see let's see if i can get that up a little bit bigger but yeah she apparently on youtube's end it showed that there had been some kind of processing error and so the video is unplayable that i mean if you if you're not a youtube if you're not a youtuber that might seem plausible, but never, ever, never the way it works is you post a video to YouTube. And then of course, YouTube's system has to process that video for playback. And depending on the size of your video, that could take anywhere from a minute to on the upper end. When things are weird, I've had it take up to like, like this stream, for example, when it's all done, two hours has to process for like something between a half hour and two hours. Now, she's uploading a big video in 4K resolution. It's an hour and a half. I'm sure the file size is gigantic, but the point is once it's playable on YouTube, it's playable. I've never had a retroactive processing error. That's I've never seen such a thing. And so for YouTube to claim that, it, right. well, for the system to say that is very odd, but then YouTube itself is saying nothing about what happened as far as I've seen. I think YouTube creators responded to Lauren on Twitter and they said, that's very odd. Please file a report with us. That's about it. But according to this Breitbart article, YouTube has basically said nothing so far. So, so Lauren did re-upload and that's what I assume both of us watched. You watched the, the I watched backup. the re-uploaded one. Um, yeah. But I mean, I kind of love it when YouTube does stuff like this because it just creates the dry sand effect and then everybody's talking about it. I mean, it has what 400,000 views right now. I think it had 70,000 before it had the processing error. Yeah. Uh, they've created a lot of buzz around this and they probably shouldn't have done that. I mean, it would get way more views if they straight up deleted it right now. Yeah. That's the question is um, like, did the Streisand effect benefit it? This was highly anticipated. What would it have done in a world where there was no either YouTube meddling or, or error? Yeah. It, it just, it seems Granted, there's no there's no direct evidence of YouTube meddling, but it seems oh, very oddly on. coincidental. And yeah. I've never seen this sort of error as somebody who has YouTubed consistently for years. Never seen not once. I've had not processing errors, but it's never after I've uploaded. Never after it's yeah, not after people 10, are commenting. People have liked and, it. Yeah, yeah. That this is a very bizarre thing to have happened, mm -hmm. but it seems that people are you know people are watching the backup, and so that's what. That's the one thing I have trouble reconciling in my mind is if this is active YouTube meddling, why do they just then allow the backup without restriction? What is it? Cause they was the plan to just mess with it a little bit in the hope that would skew the, the statistics. Yeah. And that the second time people would think it was less viewed. Gotcha. I mean, 
If that's the plan, if that is in fact what happened, this thing is of such demand, it's impossible to do that. But regardless of whether this was yet another mistake, as the JJ over at Twitter tried to convince Tim Pool of, just another mistake, Tim. Maybe, maybe this was An just another mistake error. from Susan, another weird error we can't explain. There's plenty of additional evidence that YouTube certainly has material it would prefer that you watch and material you it would prefer that you don't. And of course, we've known that anecdotally in terms of the community that we participate in and in terms of this show specifically and our channels independently. Yeah, like why is everybody in our realm bleeding subs the last There's some meddling weeks? going on right now. Yeah, it's... Like <laughs> what's going on with Bearing and my channel. I, and everybody yeah. that I look at has had negative days seven plus days it's just now. dead accounts that they're clearing out they normally you know? do it in one sweep yeah it's is we have all sorts of anecdotal reasons pl- plenty credible reasons to believe that youtube is um it's in, in, enforcing its preferences in terms of what content it promotes on the on the platform and it doesn't but what's interesting this week is we got some real data evidence as opposed to just what everyone's personal experiences are. And I was linked to this analysis by the channel. It's a channel called Coffee Break, and this was linked to me by a listener, so thanks uh, for that. And I've not seen this channel before, but it seems like really good analysis, so I've subscribed, and it looks like this guy's doing good work. Uh, But what this particular creator was able to obtain was six months of trending data on YouTube. So if you're unfamiliar, the trending page on YouTube is supposed to show you what's popular, what's trending right now. And in an ideal world, that would just be purely merit-based. If you're getting a lot of eyes, like Borderless, I'm sure would, YouTube system would say, wow, a lot of people seem to be watching and interacting with that organically. Here it goes on the trending page. Of course, that's not the case. We've always wondered, why would a video that has six-figure views or millions of views not be trending? Meanwhile, like Stephen Colbert or Cenk Uger with 10% of the views is trending. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, this particular YouTuber was able to analyze exactly why that's the case, or at least expose how there are different thresholds for different types of channels to get onto that trending page and therefore be promoted. Lo and behold, if you're in this sphere of alternative news and political analysis, the cards are stacked against you in an even heavier fashion. Here's a quick summary of that analysis. The last few months, I've been analyzing a data set that covers seven months of trending history from November 2017 to June 2018. The y-axis is the average view count uh, they got before they got on trending. So as soon as we got, we see them on trending, how many views did they have when that happened? So we can think of that as sort of the barrier to them getting on trending, how many views they needed to get on trending. And then we have the number of unique trending videos. Now, who do we find trending a lot? Who do we find with a lot of times on trending? Uh, The answer is overwhelmingly traditional media. Traditional media as in ESPN, as in The Ellen Show, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, Netflix, NBA, CNN, Vox. Almost all late night or like traditional, like the most mainstream of mainstream media is who we see overrepresented on trending over and over and over again. This is not due to the fact they're getting more views than these other YouTubers are. For example, if Logan Paul's barrier to trending is about 11 million views, then no matter how much he uploads, he's a lot less likely to trend frequently 
than someone like ESPN, whose barrier to trending is on average about 500,000 views. How much of news on the trending tab is mainstream news versus alternative news? And I mean alternative in the sense of independent, not in terms of their politics. 95% of all news takes on trending is traditional media. That's ridiculously unfair to anyone seriously trying to do news right now independently. Philip DeFranco, for example, is one of the few YouTubers who even appeared on Trending, and it took him 1.4 million views on average to appear those two times on Trending. In comparison, the Associated Press trended seven times, and how many views did it take them to appear on Trending? 10,000. <laughs> this is just a different bar and standard for independent creators. If there is a standard to which we all should be set to, it should be an equal one. Man, if I could get on the trending page at 10,000 views, I'd be on fire. The show would be on fire each and every week. And um, none of this is surprising. You know, I don't want to pretend this or present this to the audience as though it's shocking material, but it is. Uh, it is a data-driven confirmation of what we've all yeah. known anecdotally. And I mean, we I th- are never going to trend. And this show probably has, I don't know, it has millions and millions of views for sure over over the duration of its over the life. duration yeah. probably i think like probably 25 i'm surprised million, they yeah. they even put us on the top live streams when we're live i'm surprised yeah. they even show us there but somehow but then it's like next to chill beats 24 we can't hours. beat chill beats i don't think nobody there's meddling there we can, i i don't expect to all due respect to uh chill beats for us and for the audience, I think this mainly means two things. First and foremost, thanks to everyone who supports us directly. Like This is yeah. confirmation again. YouTube is not going to give us help. And we can't count on them to help. And the reason we can make this show each and every week and our solo material is because people are willing to support it themselves. So thank you for doing that. And then secondarily, it's on all of us to do that. And that includes us. And, and it includes everybody else in the audience for people who make material that you find valuable. I'm not trying to make a selfish pitch here. I'm doing everything I can to contribute, to chip into people who make material that I consume basically every time they make it. And I'd be sad if it went away because the reality is given this environment, if I don't make that effort, it will go away. It's not sustainable if it doesn't. And it, you know, it's, it's not a huge thing. Like if everybody chipped in a dollar to creators that they enjoy, Suddenly you've got a pretty significant shift in financial power. Maybe obviously we're not going to overpower these giant corporations, but we it's have diversified too. Yeah. I mean, if, if everybody does that, you start chipping into people you enjoy, they, they have a chance to compete. Yeah. And I think just in the informational context, in the persuasion context, it doesn't matter if, if there's financial stability, it doesn't matter how much YouTube meddles with the trending section because nobody is ever going to click an AP video over a, over a Philip DeFranco video or whoever you trust and you enjoy. Right. It's just, you got to give them the, the stability of, uh, to keep making the stuff in order to compete. Because if they're able to compete, these mainstream sources in, in YouTube are not going to win. But Yeah, I mean... Uh, YouTube, though, we have to keep in mind, voluntarily takes a loss annually so that they can That's keep true. running with this narrative. I mean, yeah, we can't forget that we are up against just a, a giant operation here that has no incentive to make money. Yeah, but maybe they die. I mean, that's the thing. Maybe YouTube does die. Uh, the demand for this sort of content is going to continue on. It'll carry on to the next platform. But again, I just I want to make sure that everybody in this sphere, making material that people genuinely enjoy and look forward to, 
has stability so that they're able to adapt so that they're able to build something better when the next shift changes when youtube has gone the way of myspace i intend to still be here after the fact and i hope that everybody i watch and enjoy is still here after the fact and i'll I'll do everything i can to make sure that they are so myspace emerged as a free speech platform they could (laughs) they could totally revitalize their entire we're returning to the promised land i would go back to myspace where i cannot get my like 14 year old pictures yeah it's i can't delete my account it's really annoying um but i would go back to myspace if they launched as a free speech platform right now so tom just puts on a kkk hat and reposts the same picture I'm in. Yeah. from back in the day although tom sold it didn't he I, didn't they sell to someone else for like i don't know pennies apparently on the there's some like of its old value music streaming platform mm. or something like that i don't know uh but yeah all it takes is one existing or new i guess gab is doing it they're doing a really good job they've been um yeah. proving resilient as well Last thing I want to ask is at what point is YouTube going to change its name? Because it's clearly just about being more or less an on-demand cable service where they have peons on the side. Like, yeah, you can watch these these peon bums sitting in their bedrooms talking about stuff. But really, we're about watching Stephen Colbert whenever you want to and yeah. watching ESPN whenever you want to, that sort of stuff, which is fine. It's their business. Do what you want. But the point is, it's called YouTube, not you know, 21st century cable. And it does seem YouTube has lost sight of that. Uh, I don't know. Who, whoever's fault that is, if it's Susan's or the rest of the executive team. Now, Susan has said, too, oh, we're going to do a better job at improving the ratio of establishment to independent creators trending. Is that really the issue, though? Is it about the ratio? Is it about the right mix? Or is it just about saying, here's the standard to trend? It's these metrics. Yeah, I mean, but it's also the responsibility of the user to just stop using this personalized experience to decide what they watch. I have literally never used the trending section before. That's true. I'd like to see data on how much the trending section actually pulls to a video. Like how much, if if AP gets on that section with 10,000 views, do they end with 100,000 or do they end with 12,000? Like how much does it pull to them? And I I think that, especially in Generation Z, it's like how they're really good at recognizing ads uh, and things like that. Like, you're not going to be able to pull one over on them. They're they're not going to be like, oh, I love Colbert now because he's trending and it's so cool. It's like Gen Z is just going to find a new way. (laughs) What? I love CNN now. Yeah, totally. Their takes Um, are great. And now you can't even, uh, have you noticed that you can't sort by newest video? On what? On channels? On people's or... channels, yeah. No, I've not seen that, but I don't do that very often, I guess. I always do that. I, I and, mm. and now I, I find myself unable to do it. And I've noticed that uh, on Google, you, you can't do it either anymore. Weird. Okay. So when I obsessively Google myself, <laughs> I have to look at a month of search results in no specific order. It's really Don't make annoying. any mean Reddit posts <laughs> about Blonde that she'll find. I'll find it. I've read every Googles single thing about in me on the internet. bathtub or something. That's exactly what I do. You know me well, friend. Oh oh my gosh. You gotta, you gotta find a new hobby, man. That one's unhealthy. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, in other news, here's a new hobby for you. That's joining, uh, Gillette's marketing team. You want to try that? That was good. That was a plus transition. Thank you. Transitions. There's a transition there too. Gillette. Yeah. We have a transition to a transition story. Gillette, uh, of course, is a few months off off of um, deciding to shit on men everywhere as toxic and uh, in in their widely derided ad. Gillette is back with another one about a transgender man's first shave. This is a a woman transitioning to a man who needs to shave now because of presumably 
testosterone or something. Uh-huh. Anyway, here's uh, here's Gillette's new ad, which I think is only on Facebook as of now. This is what it looks and sounds like. Growing up, I was always trying to figure out what kind of man I wanted to become, and I'm still trying to figure out what kind of man that I want to become. I always knew I was different. I didn't know that there was a term for the type of person that I was. I went into my transition just wanting to be happy. I'm glad I, I'm at the point where I'm able to shave. South, south, north, north, east, west, never in a hurry. Right. Warm. Now don't be scared, don't be scared. Shaving is about being confident. Oh, you do, you're doing fine, you are doing fine. I'm at the point in my manhood where I'm actually happy. It's not just myself transitioning, it's everybody around me transitioning. Uh, Your thoughts? I don't think the dad looked disappointed enough. (laughs) Not authentic. Yeah, really. Um... I don't know. I mean, do they just want to kill their brand? Is that what they? Is that what they're going for? I guess. I mean, like, it's we better odd piss that I was... off men, the only people that buy our product. <laughs> I guess I was refreshed for at least not being shit on. I that that was refreshing compared to the last one. It's like, all right, yeah, you're telling, you're saying people can join the men's club biologically. I take issue with that, but at least you're not shitting on me this time. Is a woman in, responsible for this? I have to know. Gillette. I have no know. idea. Okay, but the, the ad, CEO is a dude. Yeah, which by the way, the CEO of Procter and Gamble, the the parent company, has said some really sketchy things about corporate America's role in influencing public opinion and you know right side of history type narratives. Also a dude. Hmm. Ah. Well, the ad features Samson Bunkyabantu Brown. That is. Samson Bunky Abantu Brown. That is mm. the actual name of this young Canadian woman transitioned or transitioning to male. Gillette, of course, at the end of the ad says, whenever, wherever, however it happens, your first shave is special. It's hard to gauge audience reaction uh, because as far as I've seen, this is not on their YouTube channel yet, only on Facebook. And it looks like Gillette is heavily monitoring the uh, the the comments and the uh-huh. reactions to this, that is to say every single comment is like, wow, Gillette, that's great diversity and inclusion. I'm skeptical that that's the authentic reaction. Of course it's not. Is it overall. ratioed? Well, um, it's got, I don't know, it's got 1.5K comments, uh, 6.2K reactions overall, and 5,000 shares, 642,000 views. Mm. I, I was reading through Gillette's basically canned responses to all the curated positive remarks. Uh, and, and Gillette keeps saying things like this one. We appreciate the support as a brand committed to helping men look and feel and act their best. We think it's important to embrace inclusivity in how we portray masculinity. Why uh, only men buy your products. This is so stupid. Yeah. First of all, you just make razors. So I don't need a social message. I just need to shave. <laughs> but secondarily, think about, Maybe this is an exercise in futility, but think about the logic of what they're saying. How do you embrace inclusivity in portraying masculinity? That is to say, masculinity is definitionally exclusive of femininity. Yeah. So if those are actually the same 
And men and women, in fact, because of their non-distinct feminine and masculine characteristics are the same. Why are you only a men's company and why should it be like at that point? It's not men's. It's just people's. So it's very weird to say we believe that we should foster inclusivity in making men's products. Well, it's definitionally exclusive. So Gillette also owns Venus, which is a brand for women's razors. Yeah. So why do they need to do this inclusivity thing? They have a brand for men. They have a brand for women. You had it figured out, retards. Why are you doing yeah. this? Also, if you take issue with that gender distinction, my pink tax and all that sort of stuff, again, nobody at Target is going to police the razors that you buy. No. I could go buy a whole pack of Venus razors at Target, and I guarantee you the person checking, uh, doing the checkout would uh, would not say anything. Or I could use the self-checkout. It's a checkout. shame that we don't live in a society where <laughs> the, the checkout person doesn't give you some light shaming for that. Though. Oh, God, that's the worst. Like I said, when I used to go grocery shopping, I swear to God, one time I, I had all my food on the belt and the, the cashier lady scanned it and went, hmm, bachelor, huh? And I was like, shut up, bitch, and give me my DiGiorno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. The, the the irony is those days are long gone, but I still buy that food. You know, frozen pizzas forever and microwave burritos and all that. Yeah, they're the worst. But is this I guess pregnancy maybe... test a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Right. So be careful how far you want to go with that standard because it comes back to bite you. I've That's been true. heavily annoyed. But you know, to your point, bring back shame, blonde twenty forty or whatever. I'm only running so I can remove the women's women's right to vote. That sort of campaign that maybe we'll see in the future. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, if I want to be cynical about this, because I mentioned, you know, at least at least they're not shitting on me for being a man. Again, though, this is further a further example of our cultural fear of standing up for traditional masculinity. Yeah. Why can't you just those old Gillette ads? Bering did that great bit that are like, yeah, you're a man. You're going to win a race. You're going to chop a log. You're going to slay some pussy. And then you're going to fight a guy. And it showed the Gillette ad of men doing all those things. Yeah. They don't have the balls to do that anymore. That is to say, if you just showed a guy working a regular blue collar job, and, and raising his family in a traditional way and needing to shape, that's, that's not, for some reason, that's viewed as bad these days. For some reason, this is uniquely virtuous and that's uniquely bad. That's the standard that we live in today. And that's a standard that's going to screw up a lot of stuff. As we mentioned on the show many times, you know, if I had a magic wand to fix anything, uh, f- fixing gender roles would be a, something I, I, would, I would like to fix a lot. Again, not by coercion i'm not trying to compel anybody to live a life they don't feel fits them but generally speaking most men are happy in a traditionally masculine role most women are happy in a traditional feminine role and and this lie about how you're going to be happy by being like some androgynous career woman no we're misleading a whole generation of women because there's like one percent of women that will be happier in that way um so I don't want to deny a weird lifestyle. I mean, if that's sure. your jam and it's really going to make you happier, you know, do, yeah. do what you want. But the, the real thing is that we need to be taking away power from the government. And we do that by reunifying the family unit. And that can yeah. only be done if gender relations are mended. It, it's, we talk about the ideals frequently. And I think ideals are frequently misconstrued as exclusive necessarily. Yeah. I do think the traditional family and traditional gender roles are the ideal we should promote and seek to uphold. That's not to say that I think anyone who deviates should be legally punished or something like that. It just means that 
for general health of the individual, we should prop up what has been shown to promote the health of the individual in most cases than not. Mm-hmm. But that's all evil now. That's, right. that's hateful. That's bigotry. No, I mean, I, and I'm not even taking a shot at this particular person. This person in the Gillette ad absolutely might be that, that rare type of person who will be happier this way. That's totally possible. Yeah. I have no idea. Probably not. Point is, most people aren't. Yeah, most people are not. Most people, who, if you follow that path, it leads to unhappiness. Right, right. It leads to all sorts of things. Uh, and all the sorts JJ of... What's Her Nuts would say, like, well, we're rejecting them as a society. That's why they have a, su- a higher suicide rate. It's like, uh, no, they have a higher suicide rate because you're leading them into a life that they otherwise probably would have just grown out of. Sure. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's hard for these days when you have this as celebrated as Gillette wants us to believe it is in the comment section to believe that being transgender in this way is going to lead to constant ostracism. I don't know, man. It depends on where you live, I suppose. But there's a lot of places I know that are going to roll out the red carpet for you, not shame you into suicide. Right. But yeah. anyway. And even somebody, people, people like us, although you and I are not you know, totally aligned politically. Uh, that, that disagree with this lifestyle and think that it's the wrong way to go for like net life happiness. I would never shame somebody that I see. Like I would never be like, get out of no, here, tranny. You know, <laughs> for the most part, I just want to live and let live. Exactly. Um, but I can't do that when society is fraying at the edges. Yeah. And I don't want to lie to people about what generally produces happiness. And that's what a lot of this stuff is. It's a giant lie. Yeah. It's a giant lie to people in pursuit of social engineering and not in pursuit of objectively what leads to happiness more times than not. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> incidentally, I had to buy a new beard trimmer and some racers at Target within the last couple of weeks. I think I mentioned this either last Sunday or on Procter the Procter & Gamble show. owns everything. I know. I was, there at, I was there in the aisle at Target and I'm like, what the hell do I buy? I can't support this crap. I don't want to support their stupid toxic masculinity ad. And I engaged in that exhausting exercise that is trying to police your consumerism with your politics yeah so in the end i bought some chick stuff but i don't know if that's fair game or not they probably did something stupid i don't know maybe boycotts really don't work and and, and i'm at shopping at target anyway and they tried to shove this bathroom stuff down people's throats and they and the desmond paid the thing. price for that and the desmond thing so it's like ugh, maybe i just should be resigned to the fact that it's a it's a fruitless exercise to try to shop to with to your Walmart. politics in mind i have no idea Anyway, let's let's days. let's catch up with Super Chat before we get out of here. I neglected to check in with D Live earlier, and I forgot about that. So I want to say thank you to our top contributors on D Live tonight. That's Senti System and Will It. Thank you guys for supporting. And I guess I'm supposed to open the treasure chest over there too. I'm going to go see if I can do that while you check in on Super Chat. Fake name McGee. I'll take a quick break from sexually harassing Matt to say I've been trolling you. Shout your abortion crowd. Remind them that the pro life laws coming out were provoked by them and see what they say. Mm. Um, people are saying to buy online $1 shape club. Oh, is that the answer? I'll have to check that out. And to people over on D live, I am opening the chest. So if you want the distribution of lemons and ice cream and diamonds, stand by. It's like a strange combination of things. Appreciate you guys tuning in on D live. Thank you. Iyama Fago. Teresa may, I suppose, uh, is supposed to leave on June 7th, but she'll fail and manage to push it back until October. Probably. Uh, Zach Coggins. I don't have to work tomorrow. So I get to watch you live today. Love you guys. By the way, Sticks is finally selling merch and I bought a Tumblr. 
I may buy a yeah. mug too, so I can get my clank on. Does I'll he have buy some sticks merch? Does he have a spoon? An official spoon? He should definitely. I will definitely buy an official spoon, although the mug is a close second. That's pretty good. Oh, Karen Strong in the chat. You spend a lot of time in our chat and not a lot of time on our show, Karen. She's throwing shade at Karen. I know. Bring back shame. Shame. Hmm. Uh, AK47, your face. Uh, got a nomination for Hoax Hate. Still pretty fresh. I'll post it in the Discord. No, email it to hmm. us because we never look in the Discord. Unless it's to see who's talking shit about me, which is all of you people in the Discord all the time. <laughs> uh, Eric yeah. Marley, Los Angeles area meetup tomorrow, roundtable pizza, South Pasadena, 2 p.m. Pizza, beer, wishing Matt was here. Blonde can come too, I guess. That's kind of how everybody feels about the show. Isn't it? <laughs> well, it depends who you ask. That's true. Yeah. Um, Good luck, guys. Enjoy it. Memorial Day, no less. I'm surprised people are willing to put up their Memorial Day for such a thing, but I'm glad you guys have found friends in uh, the leftist hellhole of L.A., Kevin Flanagan. Uh oh. White Americans don't forget Smollett's lies or blood libel against you. Jeez. That's aggressive. Uh, that's it's not as bad as the other ones. Though. Well, um, I mean, to be to be fair, he did try to frame white people on racial terms. Uh, that, that's the understated part of what's going on. There were a lot of people who wanted him charged with a hate crime against white people, and I can't say yeah. that that's an unreasonable perspective. Isn't he half white? I don't know. Um, why does everybody think it's an appropriate time to text me and tell talk to me about the podcast? Dad, I know you're watching. Uh, I, put, Bill, I put my phone on silent just in case anybody does. Like, you're doing a really good job. I'm like, all right, Dad, thanks. Uh, Billy Rye, the Smollett file is longer than the Mueller report. FYI, Matt and I have never made love. You're the only person who Matt hasn't had promiscuous anal sex with, apparently. At least around here. <laughs> yeah. Robin, hi, you guys. So glad I get to watch live tonight. You make me look forward to Sunday. Stay amazing, you two. Oh, I well, thanks. I do like having something uh, uh, to look forward on Sundays, especially when I used to be in school. Sundays would be such a sad day. So yeah, that's kind of why I picked it when we started doing the show. We've been doing Sunday night the entire time. But yeah. yeah, I've always liked having something on a Sunday night that is like a wind down for the week sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I like Sunday. SK said, what happened to Isaac Cappy? Um, I don't know. He either got pushed off of a bridge because he was outing Hollywood pedophiles or he was so disgusted with himself for engaging in that kind of behavior that he killed himself. I don't I know. actually don't know anything about this story. That's that's news. He to like me. outed Seth Green as a pedophile, though. Oh. You shouldn't be throwing that around because I haven't seen it. That was real. the claim, though. That was the claim and some yeah. other people. And then he killed himself hmm. a few weeks ago. But he wrote a, a pretty convincing like Instagram story about why he was doing it. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe suicide, maybe um, suicided. Hmm. bird's eye view i don't know i'm getting used to trump's style i see no issue with him addressing pressing matters or elephants in the room when he chooses to do so and let's not forget trump isn't pc i don't want him to be pc that's not the issue i just feel like this is always a problem that i've had with his presidency is that he's um got such a fragile ego which i think is such a bad quality in a man trump definitely oh. googles himself too he, for sure in the bathtub yeah. it's fine because i'm a fragile woman with a weak mind but, <laughs> but it's not okay he's he's a masculine president of the united states it's like just stop defending yourself all the time hmm. but he's been doing it this whole time it's nothing new um sharp breast scorpion matt's mouth the song we sway sloppy to the beat the bridge the length of his hand on my thigh and back i want to live on his tongue I, my dad's watching here right now um uh, uh, build a home of gospel and gaiety. Is that too much to ask for? I don't know. Matt's pretty queer. So is that too much? To ask Th for? That one was very uh, involved. Holy cow. Gross. 
It's gross. Um, Joshy boy, try getting it out, Nancy. I know. It's a today. Jimmy James 13. Hey, guys, I'm celebrating my one-year anniversary of being uncucked. And I want to thank both of you for keeping the sanity safe space open. Shout out to my pregnant wife, Haley. We should hand well, out chips like AA. Like it's been a year since you stopped being a giant pussy in your personal <laughs> life. And of support groups. I like that's it. what they do. What are, what are the what's the thing they hand out? Chips at AA. They, they hand you like sobriety chips. Oh, I've never heard of this. Uh, okay. Yeah, we should do that. We should create they, a support group. These are edible, like actual chips. That's what you're talking no, about. No, they're like little silver chips that say like what? how much sobriety you have like you have oh, one here, year I'm thinking you're just sobriety. cracking open a bag of lays or something you thought celebrate. that they actually are like here's a chip you've been sober for a year i've never heard of this this is the first time i've ever heard of it so i have no idea oh, whatever they should do this silver, at the, the beauty silver of chips or like they come in different colors and stuff you know yeah. okay whatever. uh bill <laughs> mcpherson with the good hair i think the real pelosi video is on the united spots youtube page if you haven't seen them check it out Huh. The real Pelosi, Pelosi video is in the unedited one that was actually doctored. Is that what we're talking about? I guess or so. are we talking about the, the press conference? Uh, Either or. I mean, you don't have to go far to find footage of her talking sort of like a crazy person. Okay, but, I'm you know, uh, what's he up to now? If Facebook bans misinformation, the Lolocost industry is going to be in trouble. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're killing us. Pseudoscience, no note. Um, Kevin Flanagan. I can't read that one. Thanks, Kevin. That one's too bad. But maybe Rose will, maybe Rose will read it. Yeah. You should out. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Sir Garforth, a video of Matt's I love to revisit is his debunking of the Jane Elliott video, aka the white female Uncle Ruckus. Why is she still alive? I don't know what this is. I don't even rem that it goes to show how long I've been doing this. I actually don't much remember the video, but it's got to be a long time ago. This one must be years old. Um, Kimora Whitaker, I, <laughs> oh, I burned 5,000 calories yesterday. The oven was too hot and I burned my cake. Um, Kevin Flanagan, well, oh, damn it. How absolutely dare you, sir. I can't. The Holocaust stuff, I, I can't. He's, he's always going angry. Only because we're going to get banned. This is not a free speech thing. Uh, Thoughts and blogs. I was watching one of Matt's videos when flying back from Australia. The passenger next to me recognized Matt, prompting an incredible discussion. As it turns Whoa. out, we both made love and had penetrative anal sex with Matt. <laughs> he didn't say that part about anal sex. Um, I know. Uh, I know. Thoughts and blogs. Send me an email. I'd like to hear about it. That's really cool. You think it's true? I, I assume this person is a credible person. Are you filing through all of your promiscuous anal sex adventures? And well, and that to I don't out? know. If, well, that that was between those two, not with me. Mm. Uh, no, no, they both figured out that they had both. Oh, had sex. oh, I thought they. I thought he meant they both participated together. They meant that they. I mean, I'm sure, they did. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no. Sincerely, I would like to hear about that. If that's if the lead up is true, if the latter part is true, you can keep that to yourself. Okay. But. Send me an email. Griffin Cubic. Hey, I'm the guy who sent the pic from China. I've been, was that one of two white guys in China that watch our I show? I believe so, Illegally? Yeah, yeah with a VPN or something. Yeah, really. Uh, they're watching you. Um, I've been watching since before the podcast, since Matt's Tuck from video. Wow. Way back. But this is my first donation. So happy to see you get so much success. You deserve it. Love oh, well, thanks. Show. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking us international, too. The Appreciate Coward Liberius. Daily reminder, Atticus Finch is a canon race realist. 
It's like they already forgot getting bent out of shape when the sequel came it's out. True. I have not read that book since I have, but it's been a long like ninth grade. Time. So the details are lost on me. Uh, Krampus from Kansas to the man in the wheelchair who stole my camouflage jacket. You can hide, but you can't run. Oh no. That sounds <laughs> terrible. Uh, Kenneth Nichols, satanic leftist spot on and I'm agnostic. Yes. There's just something about them. I, do we talk about the Met gala on the show? I don't think so. Oh, the, yeah, all their weird dresses and stuff. Yeah. We didn't talk about that, but I did see it. It's just like I was looking at these pictures and I'm like, these people feasted on baby foreskins before <laughs> this. Like, I just can tell like there's something. The old Ruth Bader Ginsburg diet. Yeah, said. yeah. There's like, yeah. something uniquely satanic about yeah. about leftists in Hollywood and in politics where I, I'm like, I know you're evil. This is why I'm totally into Pizzagate. I'm like, I can believe this. <laughs> believe it all. You heard it Ooh. here. When she's not um, Googling herself in the bathtub, it's Pizzagate. I'm Googling Pizzagate. I just yeah. uh, messed up my order. Um, non Vito Rex says, which is worse, celebrities that genuinely believe it's the end of democracy or celebrities that say what leftists want to hear to advertise their movies and TV shows? Ugh. Uh, well, the latter is just a the- business strategy. Yeah, probably the former. Yeah. I gotta say, yeah. Jay says, literally only nine people showed up to the KKK rally. Over 600 protesters showed up, so the rally was over before it started. I I can't believe there are nine people that showed up. Yeah, I want to see this. Maybe I'll do a video about it later. SM Combs 100. I recently took a low-light rifle class with that guy from Phoenix, and I have to say, he's kind of a dick. Oh, no. I think he was jelly of my AK, though. Sweet. Well, that's well, a good reason a, to be a dick. At least you got an AK. Yeah, that's fun. Kelly Fisher, no note. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, Kenneth Nichols, thanks to the both of you for persisting in wildly unchecked free speech. Other more careful YouTubers self-censor for good reasons, but you both just let it fly, do we? Because I have censored like half of Kevin Flanagan. Yeah, we only self-censor with Kevin Flanagan. <laughs> he really is the only one. Um, he has reached a new height. He has. Yeah. Uh, just soon in To Kill a Mockingbird, the mob that came for Tom Robinson was a group of townspeople wanting to lynch a guy falsely accused of rape. Who does that remind you of? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Love your show. Keep it up. Yeah, that is true. I read Das Pooch. Thank you. Uh, Stu H says, see you Wednesday. See you Wednesday. We'll be here. Shauna Thornton. Um, <laughs> Blonde, have you repented of your redheaded hate because they're white? Yes. <laughs> That is why. Yeah. And then I realized, like, I really should stop ragging <sighs> on gingers because they're white. That is that is true. And oh after my gosh. I was doing Ancestry and I found out that I have an Irish line and I was like, ooh, ooh. better All right, stop they're back in the gingers. club. Yeah, they're it's fine. Yeah. Um, only because of my own self-loathing. Self-loathing. Uh, Rick Moranis, vanilla vanillas, this is the most milquetoast super chat I can <laughs> I can give to make sure that Google doesn't steal my money like the Foxtrot Alpha Gammas. They are ah, clever, clever. Um, Thank you. Abed says, hey, guys, got a bad case of depression at university mm. University, and just took a break. I'm going to call on Wednesday and talk college and dropping out. Hope all is well with you both. And with all Beauty and the Beta Watchers, Deus Vault Brothers. Um, Yeah, call us on Wednesday and we talk about it. I had a, an old sure. case of the college depression plus alcoholism equals getting a C minus in my accounting class. And yeah, I hope you're doing all right, man. Ovid's been here for a long time and, yep. and supported the show for a long time. And listen, man, if I can be of any assistance, send me an email. I don't know. I don't know what I can do, but hopefully things are, things will work out for the better for you. Yep. And it's good to take a break sometimes. Like a lot of people will tell you to keep pressing on, but if that's what you need to do, that's sure. what you need to do. 
uh, Fritz Leschenbrenner. Here's your content creator support from me. Don't tell a Jude tube I gave. <laughs> I gave blonde and met my struggles. By the way, Matt, VZ6132 ACP Scorpion blows away the nine millimeter Evo. Is that I say all those we're, things? Yeah, right? we're talking about the old the uh, the Scorpion I referenced earlier, but I've not shot any older models, so you know that'd be cool. I'd love to, but I can't complain about the the Evo either. You should look into it. They rule. Uh, maybe they, maybe I can rent one at a place around here, but that would probably be the only option I have. Appreciate it. Uh, your girlfriend's so funny. Um, tell Scott Allen says, tell Matt to go to dollar shave club. They embrace how us males are toxic $10 a month. And no yeah, more. didn't they have some kind of reply to Gillette back then too? That was a little spicy or funny or something. I think they, they engaged in a little Wendy's style trolling. If I'm not mistaken, the real question is why are any men shaving anything? on their <laughs> That's a problem. Anything? Just go full terrorist. You yeah. want to be full jungle, jungle yeah. bush? All right. And sleeping should not even be a term. Men right. should take infrequent showers and they should constantly look like they just wandered just out of the Just let wood. that musk infest that yes. uh, manly man bush everywhere? Yes. Yeah. All right. That's the way it should be. That's what women want. Um, okay. Take your word for it. Joseph Outlaw 2 says, Matt, check out a Vanderhagen safety razors. Good quality, cheap cost, and blades are easy to buy in bulk for far less. Thank you for that. Hmm. Um, Kevin Flanagan. All right, I'll read this one. I agree with the earlier super chat with you guys and your respect for free speech. You guys would never shut it down on uncomfortable ideas. I know we do this to you all the time. And it's not because of the ideas. It's because this is like the thing that will get our channel shut down. And we remarkably have made it this far. Yeah. And... I'm a liability. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but like Skag has attached himself to a massive liability, a massive financial liability. So it's my obligation to not get his main source of funding shut down by reading too many of your goddamn super chats, Kevin Flanagan. We appreciate it, Kevin Flanagan. I know I gather Kevin Flanagan is very aware of his own bits and he's, yeah. He, yeah. So he gives us like $60 every Wednesday and Sunday. I, I'm, I really do think he's my mom. That's the theory. Not not a government employee in Ohio. Wasn't that the story or something? I don't know that I believe that. Anyway, yeah, we appreciate, uh, we appreciate, listen, I appreciate everybody who's supporting the show, regardless of opinion, of course. And I don't want a place that's restrictive of any particular perspectives, but that does come with a realistic assessment of what's bound to put the entire operation at risk. And that, I'm not trying to suppress anyone's perspective on anything. I just don't want the whole damn thing shut down such that we can enjoy this each and every week. Cause obviously people enjoy tuning in and we, I love making this show too. And I we already ride the line. Like periodically I'll say something where I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it's all going to be over <laughs> and it hasn't happened yet. So like, I'm, we're really trying yeah. to walk it. Okay. Uh, appreciate everybody on super chat. I guess I got to go over on Streamlabs, right? Good Lord. Um, Let's see. Uh, Redicus says, have you seen the bot farms? They typically have drier racks of phones. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I have seen these. Drier racks of phones that are running custom Android UI that is flickering. So I could see someone getting Soros's money to set up something like that or something stateside. Yeah, I did see a, a special in the news one time about these actual bot operations. And it literally is a whole bunch of phones hooked up together. Really? That do the actual liking and, and retweeting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Phil says... 
If anything, Lauren was nice to the invaders. I have no sympathy for them because when it comes to it, people like me are going to have to defend our nations with force because of their presence. Yeah, I don't, I mean, the, the, the movie does not, it's, I guess it's hard to look at the movie and think, yeah, this will probably work itself out just fine. There's not going to be any problem to, to worry about here. This will all just work itself out and it'll be an afterthought in a few years. Whatever happens, to Phil's point, is not going to be pretty. It's not going to be good. And I think what Lauren's video does a good job of exposing and explaining is really nobody wins. There's nobody who's benefiting but for like human traffickers who are making money off of the Right, operation. and the important thing is that uh, all the native populations lose. That that's really should be the takeaway of this. And, and all the people that came were like, this was a mistake. I missed yeah, I didn't get anything country out of it. I came from. That guy I was like, I wish I never Paris. left Afghanistan. Yeah. I had a better shot than in my Paris tent city. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Wrangle Frankel says, Hey guys, uh, I like the other super chatter. I like the other super chatter. I'm getting looks of disappointment from family for watching the show. Well, thanks for tuning oh. in, but I don't, uh, but I don't care because of your conversation uh, is way more interesting. Well, thanks. Hope everyone is enjoying the three-day weekend. Cheers. Thanks for supporting the show, man. Much appreciated. Redicus says, I think Gillette and Procter & Gamble just don't want my money. Then again, I never used the razors to begin with. I roided a... <laughs> Wait, a roided up woman will never have the burden of a man diluting <laughs> what those roles are uh, to secondary sex signifiers and hormones. Yeah, generally, generally speaking, I, I'm sh- I share the same perspective. Although I don't know if I'd go with roided up, but <laughs> but fair enough, fair enough descriptor. Meet you. CNN says say, uh, save Chick Fil A. A bill will discriminate against uh, LGBTQ. Actual bill state may not discriminate based on association donations, etc. Also, CNN fake news, uh, fake video ban. But nothing about the fake Trump quote. This is why no one trusts CNN anymore. Yes, I mean, yet again, it's not about principles. It's what's about politically advantageous in yeah. the moment. Always, yeah. always. Um, my mom texted me to tell me that we are not Irish. She seems very offended by this. Oh, well, I'm glad we've clarified that before we get out of here. Jeez. Uh, anything else on your mind before we're done? Uh, let me reload this, make sure that we're good. Um, good show. And thanks everybody for supporting the show in light of this soft censorship on borderless. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. And of course, if you haven't checked out the, uh, the movie, uh, go check that out as well. You know, and I totally understand when I talk about supporting channels, you know, not everybody is at Liberty to financially support things. A lot of the audience is college age and you got to buy ramen noodles and stuff. Yeah. That said, when YouTube's going to make it harder for people to find material like borderless, like this show, like whatever, just telling people about the show, even word of mouth beyond social media sharing. Like, Hey, I listen to this podcast. I think it's kind of interesting. All right. Have you, have you seen Lauren Southern's documentary on that particular issue? Check it out. Yep. Hottest That's... dude around. What? what? Hottest dude around. Lauren Southern. Lauren Southern's the hottest dude around. Changed her gender. Remember famously oh, changed her God. gender. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot that she did legally change her gender in she Canada. Did. Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. I'm, I'm, my mind is already lost. I'm worse than 20 p.m. Mind. I've got that Nancy Pelosi stammer. You know? <laughs> this video is not fake. I can't even <laughs> defer to that excuse. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on the holiday weekend. Hope everybody has a great one. And again, thanks to everyone. Thanks to everybody in history who's, who's made the ultimate sacrifice for this country and to all of their families. Hope everybody gives a moment of thought to those people while you're enjoying your barbecue and whatever else is going on this weekend. 
If you're listening later, uh, after the fact, on demand, on YouTube or any of the audio platforms, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. If you want more of the show, check out the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. They're all linked in the description for you. You can always send us an email too. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. In the meantime, we'll be back next Sunday with a very interesting guest, I hope. Fingers crossed, but we'll see. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd's not meet the press. It's Beauty and the Beta. See ya. <laughs> ha- happy holiday. <laughs>